da 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 You sound insane. Do you realize that? Yeah. The whole world got crazy. It's showtime. Well, ma'am, fam, well, guys, we're finally here. We're we at did the it. end of 2019. For the love of all that Get is existing. Yeah, it's time to celebrate good times now. <laughs> Come on. Who said sit down? It's one of the best. Steve Ballmer. Just Google Steve Ballmer announcements. Mm-hmm. Gloria Estefan mm-hmm. moment. It's glorious. I just made Tito nervous with my... Which one was better, that one or the... Remember that one at a Clippers game? Gosh. He's giving us so much joy. When he bought the Clippers, people were like, I don't know. I'm like, have you seen this guy? I love this guy. (laughs) Balm dog, man. (laughs) Balm dog. Love that guy. Anyway, get on your feet. It is time to to celebrate. And because we are here, we're going to wrap up this movie uh, year officially on Mad About Movies. Then we'll, we'll revisit this. For the Oscars, Two of weeks. course, and yeah. completely put this thing to bed. <laughs> yeah. Hopefully. We'll take it behind the barn, old yeller it, and be done. <laughs> okay. So the way this thing works is a little rants and rave style show here. We've each got our, our lists made up of best and worst films of the year. Mm. And we're going to go through them, compare and contrast, and have us a good old time. And Richard is going to interject with humorous comments as he is known to do. I think we all will do that. Brian's going to we'll go over his spreadsheets, no <laughs> and I'm going to probably have but some rebels. Hopefully. Have, have, no, never. I'm a, I'm a never. Not I'm an always. And raise, I'm an always. I'm a nudist. I'm an always nude. Not a never nude. I'm an always nude. There are dozens of I, Yeah, I'm sure I'll have some dozens. Rebel Wilson comments or something to go along with that. <laughs> some things I'm known for mm-hmm. around here. Anyway, here we go with the best and worst of 2019 and good year. I just want to summarize. Yeah, good year, good. man. Above average year, I feel like. I think this is maybe the best year we've had of the podcast in terms, in terms of, of the movies. Not of the show. I was the looking worst, at my worst no, shows we've ever. We done. get worse by the day. Yeah. We phoned um, it in. I'm, I've been yeah. on autopilot. First episode years. by far is the best one, and then it's just <laughs> it's down from there. Yeah, I think this was a really good year. Like there may be years that we've done that had movies that I personally love more. Maybe like. 2015 with uh, Star Wars mm-hmm. and Creed and all that sort of stuff. But in terms of quality films, this this year rocked. It was it was really solid. I I have a letterboxed letterboxed. I know you do too, Kent. Richard, mm-hmm. you allegedly have one. Dip my toe into it. Okay, I couldn't right. do these lists without it. Cause yeah, it helps a lot. I can't keep so taking, many notes. Taking the place of a lot of spreadsheets. And yes, stuff. exactly. Excel sent me an e- or uh, Microsoft sent me an email. Like, Are you What's okay? Up, man? What's going on? Yeah, it's helped a lot, but I, I think I had put in my last movie of 2019 yesterday or the day before. I think I, I hit one, 115 wow. this year. And I would say like 80 of them, I probably, either whether we did the show or not, mm-hmm. I would say 80 of them would have gotten my fresh rating on, on Rotten Tomatoes. That's a, that's a very solid mm-hmm. ratio, I think. And there are, for me, there were probably seven or eight A-pluses this year. Whereas yeah, last but one year, one cat, so it evens out. To I know. Normal. Yeah, we're <laughs> no, just doing normal year. It takes away at least at least a half dozen A plus movies. But yeah, I think there's there's multiple movies that that could potentially qualify for the uh, the the great label. Whereas last year, I don't think there was even one. So, yeah. Anyway, that was a good last year. Last year sucked. Yeah. Last year was fun. Last year, when I went back and looked at looked at my list from last year, I was like, there's a lot of movies here that I liked. There just wasn't one 
there wasn't any any movie that I would say, oh, that's a that's a great movie. And so anyway, that's that's me. But yeah, I thought I thought it was a solid year. I did too, and there was a lot of big movies this year. The you know the coming to an end of twenty years of MCU or ten years of MCU movies, twenty movies I should say, ten years since they started mm-hmm. that, ten plus years, and to, for Avengers Endgame to end, and then you've got forty years of Star Wars to, yeah. to wrap up, and it you know when you when we look at twenty twenty, which we'll do, we'll have our movie draft for 2020 here in a few weeks. So stay tuned for that. And we'll talk extensively about what's coming. But when you look at 2020, there's just not a lot of big yeah. blockbustery. Like, tough, oh, we've man. been waiting for this one. You know, it's just kind of, eh, kind of throw stuff against maybe Top Gun two would be the yeah. one that people are like, oh, gosh, I've been waiting for that for a long time, but that's, that's about it. But I feel like 2020 is going to have a lot more, surprises maybe then I hope so uh, cool. you know at the outset like yeah. I, I feel like my top 10 for 2020 I have no I've, I haven't even heard of those movies yet yeah 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 <laughs> it'd be one of those years it's, hopefully it seems like that otherwise maybe really rough yeah, if, yeah if, I agree yeah if oh, yeah let's, just, <laughs> let's save that for the movie draft yeah. but anyway yeah above average year I would say but we should probably start at our worst of 2019 get that over with I've got, let's see how many I've got on my list. I we can go honorable mentions here. I've got a lot of honorable mentions for, for best that I want to just run down before we do that. But let's go worst of 2019. So I've okay. got 15 listed here okay. on my worst of 2019. And I want to say I don't watch bad movies on purpose just because they're out there or whatever. If I know it's really, really bad, I'll probably skip it even on when it's on demand or whatever, most of these are ones I watched for the show or for some reason other than, Oh, I'm just going to watch this and see what it's like. But yeah, a lot of these are ones we've done reviews on. So all that to say, I have not seen a lot of the really bad movies of this year that were, uh, I didn't see Hellboy. I didn't yeah. see certain ones Oof. that I, that I just didn't have to see. Yeah. And I just didn't want to put myself through that, but there were some here that I saw and mm-hmm. was, was disappointed about. So Starting at 15, it's uh, for my list, it's Aladdin, Dumbo, The Dirt on Netflix. See that? The Motley Crue. Oh, okay. Yep. Oh, I skipped that one. That was a, that's on my list, too. Number 12, Alita, Rollerball, Angel. Yeah. yeah. Uh, number 11, Jane Silent Bob Reboot. Oh, oh man. You yeah. watched it? Oof. That's a tough one, dude. You I, that one wasn't in my top 10 because I, I know there is an audience for that 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 people yeah, would Shane. enjoy it. it was Shane Shane no, and Kevin Smith let's just say I wasn't under the influence like I probably should have been <laughs> to enjoy this movie but I understand that there is an audience of people that this is exactly what they wanted Man. it to be whatever but not a good movie by any means and Kevin Smith what miming is the most cringe the, his his overacting of Silent Bob is yeah. so bad right that I mean it's his movie so he's not gonna self-edit himself out right so he just goes, and now he's skinny, so it's even weirder. It's just like I can't, I can't do the hockey jersey and just I, hangs off. I have a Clerks fan. I, I understand what Clerks significance or whatever, but I, I can't get behind Jay and we, Silent Bob. We, we have multiple it. people who have told us what a great dude Kevin Smith is, yeah. which is so. And but it makes me feel terrible because I am just like, please stop, please yeah. don't ever make a movie again. This it is 
Mallrats had its well, place tusk. in my life, and and that was that place was 1997. Yeah, Jane and Bob. I remember being excited for it, the man. first one, the first Jane and Bob focused movie that was supposed to end at the Jane and Bob strike, strike, back. strike right? Back. Yeah. And then that 20 years later, it does it again. Still got to keep coming back, but but hey, good for it's, I, hope, I feel it bad money? for him oh. that his vocal cords uh, vanished due to the smell that well, it just emanated. <laughs> he does like 12 hours of podcasting by himself a week so he's got plenty to say trust me yeah on just about yeah. everything so that's yeah, i didn't see 11. two of those i didn't i didn't see jane and bob and i didn't see the, wow. the crew movie oh you need to see the dirt i, I can't do it i hate motley crew you want to see machine gun kelly as tommy lee then Oof. well go yeah, for it's it. really, what people, a selling point and people were like fired up for it when it got released and everyone was like oh no this oh is right bad. the crew sucks and it's based on that movie. uh the guy that wrote the game book, right? Oh, okay. Neil Strauss. Yeah, yeah. Okay. So moving into my top ten, and stop me. We don't have to go through every single one here. Okay. My number ten is Dark Phoenix. Not a horrible movie, but not a great into an X Men series. It's just a very passable, like, eh, very forgettable movie, and it's got a lot of overacting. Jessica Chastain, the worst of that was. I forgot that she was so bad. She is. She ooh, she should have fought to delete every uh, proof that she was in that. I think by the time we got to that, I knew it was going to be horrible. And I love X-Men. I want X-Men mm-hmm. movies always to be very good. I didn't hate that movie, but part of it, I think, was based on... We knew this was going to be bad. The last one yeah, was bad. This is, I thought this one was, was an improvement over Apocalypse, mm-hmm. for what it's worth. But Apocalypse was very high on my list of the year. Yeah. It came out on the worst. Number nine, The Goldfinch. That's much higher on my list. Yeah. yeah. Number eight, Murder Mystery with Adam Sandler and... Oh, man, I didn't see that one. Jess, yeah, I mean, Jennifer Aniston. Yeah, don't see. What about Blended? Is that... Right now, right. it's my favorite movie. <laughs> All right. In this moment. Blended right that now. That woman man. was very, in a weird way, like kind of zen. Yeah. I mean, she only lived right... I respect her. Yeah, totally. Th- totally. Who are we to say yeah. you should like a movie for your uh, even a minute? Right. Right now. Right. In the moment, like right. the Buddha himself. Yeah. She, I mean, Blended. she conjured that answer. Yeah. <laughs> you know? It was really beautiful in a way. Yeah. Yeah. It was very yeah. genuine. <laughs> Number seven on my worst of 2019, Gemini Man. Mm-hmm. Yeah. With starring Will Smith and Will Smith. That's just kind of a colossal. Yeah. No, it's starring Will. Oh, wait, it's, it's starring Will Smith and the Fresh Prince. Ah. Because he was yes. the Fresh Prince back then. Yes. So. Clive Owen, man. Yeah. Kiss of death. Ang Lee, what is up with that guy, too? We talked about it, but like, oh my. Not great. It's not a... Not a great decade for for old Ang. Well, Billy Flynn. (laughs) Yeah. Billy Lynn. That'll pop up later on our uh, our, uh, our, uh, best and worst of the decade list, I I imagine. He started off strong with Life of Pi. He got a lot of Oscar contention, but man, only downhill from there. Gemini Man might be worse than Billy Lynn. And Billy Lynn, it was among the top five worst movies I've ever had. I, yeah, Billy, Billy Lynn takes the cake on that one. Yeah. I could sit through Gemini Man again without, mm-hmm. probably without even rolling my eyes. I would hate it, but I, would, I could sit through it. <laughs> Billy Lynn, that was like a, within five minutes, you're like, oh no, like this is, this is all timer bad. So. Yeah. Yeah. Speaking of all timer bad, The Lighthouse. My number six, 
I, I understand why it was it. nominated for Best Cinematography, which I said in our review yeah. on the VIP feed. We did an extensive review of that. I understand why it was praised. Yeah. Not for me. Not not the kind of movie I like. It was. It Oof. felt like a bad off-Broadway show that was being adapted and never should have yeah. tried to be a movie. And it tries to say, tries to be super deep and intellectual with the psychedelia of itself. And Robert Pattinson's were very solid in it. If you're not a believer in him, I, you could watch that and say, okay, this guy could be something. But as best, a movie, ooh. best farting movie of the year, though, I would say. Well, uh, oh, yeah. Uh, dumb, uh, Doolittle is 2020. So, yeah, 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 yeah. So, right. You're right. Right, best, yeah. No one can film take that to away really from feature it. farting <laughs> features in, in a, a prominent in role. a prominence yeah. of Willem yeah. Dafoe farting too. Which right? Is, which adds <laughs> can you to imagine? It. No, no. Just smells like a hot yoga studio and <laughs> cigarettes. <laughs> Can't imagine. It's a faint air of Boondock Saints. You're just like I don't even know how, but gosh. But, I mean, I'm not out on Robert Eggers as I a am. as a guy, mm-hmm. and uh, as, you know, I'll see his next movie, but. I just feel like this was this was a swing for the fences that just completely Gosh. missed on almost every level. Yeah, and yeah, don't I don't understand the, the psychedelic. I, we're, I, we're we're uh, are we in a dream or are we not? I just I don't want to rehash it that much. Go to the VIP. Yeah, I, I'll just say because it'll come up on my list. But like, so I'll say it now. I mm-hmm. do not understand that. I don't understand that movie at all. I don't get not the not just the the themes of what happened on the screen. I'm the idiot. I, I will put. The, I'm dumb. That I can't understand this, but I cannot fathom the number of people who had who loved this movie. And it, it felt like something that they would show in Gitmo mm-hmm. to get information out of somebody. I, I, I and I will never, <laughs> I will never be able to understand. There's certain movies that you see every year. You're like that will appeal to the the, the, the film school crowd, crowd, the art school, the art house crowd, and then regular people won't dig it. But fine, that's fine. It has a, this one and, and and some of our like our people in our Discord and such like really had had this on their top ten of the year, really liked it and stuff. This one to me, like even the art house crowd, I just am like, I don't what what do you, I don't get what you see in this movie. It can't and I've had people try to explain it. I cannot get there. It is this was torture. So it's it I have it on my list. Where is it on your list? It's number five on my list. So I saw it's worse on mine. I saw worse movies this year. This is for sure. My most hated movie. Of okay, the year. Yeah. I hate this movie. Yeah, so. fair. Moving on, my number five, Rambo: Last Blood. Oof, the Old Town Road. <laughs> Rambo movies. He literally pulls the guy's heart out at the end. Mm-hmm. Like that's that's a thing that really happened in a movie. Mm-hmm. He cuts his heart out. Yep. Because oh, yeah. he uh, <laughs> it's it's a metaphor, don't you? Get <laughs> yeah, yeah. Art. I had a, I I wanted a. A Rambo, kind of like the reboot that they did back in the 2000s. Yeah. Of just is almost excessively gory for no mm-hmm. reason and yeah. Rambo being Rambo. This was just sliced alone with a cowboy hat Ugh. and a bad subplot of immigrant immigration and the whole deal. So, But handled really classy. Yeah. And it's the last Rambo movie. So you want to end on a high note too. Mm-hmm. If you're going to do it, you've got to... You don't just do this movie. Like, you make sure it's the right script right. and everything. Right. So, Rambo Last Blood is my last one before I get in my four top four. Here we go. Late Night. 
We're oh, going to have some thoughts on that maybe a little bit later. Oh, it's... Richard's <laughs> making his list still. No, I'm not. I'm oh, doing... Oh, he's writing a manifesto yeah, it's, about late night. It's, yeah. You guys yeah. have any... Can you have any, like, um, like random magazines laying around anywhere you could use for a font? A pair of scissors. <laughs> no, I'm, I'm, I'm working on... I'm readjusting my best worst of the decade list, but my worst of the year list is locked. Nice. Okay. So uh, number four is late night. I cannot stand Emma Thompson. And then there's just... I thought she was the best part of the movie. Oh, I can't. Yeah. It was on top of other, that, the other combo part of that combo uh, for me. Pretty much everything about it was a cringe for me, and I can't. Yeah. I can't do it. And I'm not going to talk a lot about it, but not for me. Not for me. Number three, The Lion King. Wow. Wow. Ooh. Okay. Ooh. Nothing about it works except for. Billy Eichner and Seth Rogen for five out of five minutes out of the two hour <laughs> plus the most forced trying to be artistic Disney remake so far and should have just gone gone ahead and accepted the fact that these animals are can express emotion and just gone that direction with it. Instead, they went for total photorealism, mm. which does just doesn't work at all for this. And they should have realized well, that. Why do you within, want them to emote? To tell a story, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> it, seems silly. It, it, within the first screen screen test of concept, they should have realized. Okay, well, we need to like that seemed like a good idea. Think, yeah, think of something that's not going to be terrible. And apparently, Bob Iger saw the first screening of this and was said it was just terrible. And he actually went back and they delayed it. And he made them go back and make it better. And he's like, thank God I did because, you know, people love it. And it's like, can you imagine John Favreau's first cut of this that he turned in? That even Bob Iger was like, oh, no. Mm-hmm. And They shouldn't have done it, though, because they probably spent that much money redoing it. And it was going to make what it made always. Yeah. Cause the yes, exactly. Market, they should have just been like, oh, it sucks. But this is going to be no, they thought it was, $2 billion they in profit. Great. Yeah, they, that's the thing about it is that they can make these and it's just going to make a billion dollars, whether it's good or not. So why not make it good? Right. I, I don't just because it's it exists doesn't mean oh, um, I'm done with that. I, I, I'm more actually note glad on that. they've been bad though. A few of them, some of them have been okay, but I hate I the Cinderella idea. was still my favorite. Yeah, me one. too. I hate the idea. I was excited when I saw that. I was like, oh, this could be really cool. It's still they they peaked early, mm-hmm. but it's I hate the idea of it so much. I'm glad they're failing at least. Critically, yeah, yeah. One one other note on Lion King: that Beyonce album <laughs> did an entire album for this movie that no one listened to. Yeah, <laughs> what kind of? Uh, she well, it's, paid on, it's only untitled, time. dude. It's only untitled, so that's what I heard. <laughs> but I mean, what a flop on just every mm-hmm. regard. I mean, insane. Uh, I mean, made a lot of money, mm-hmm. but did not encourage anybody and now they've announced Bambi yeah. yesterday and they've announced Pinocchio with Robert Zemeckis and That's every comment is just like why just stop every no one wants any of this anymore. live action Fantasia I'd be interested <laughs> in that that could be cool man I'd be more into that than Bambi we don't need to see Bambi's mom get shot in live action we don't yeah spoilers. I'm out on that no I'm not reviewing that Number two on my list. I don't do animal death. Men in Black International mm-hmm. didn't hit any note that it should have hit. A mm-hmm. lot of potential, right? It probably was going into 2019 saying, ooh, that could be really fun. That could be a surprise hit, reinvigorate the, a, a franchise that we all liked 20 years ago. 
did not do that. In fact, it probably killed Men in Black forever on the on yeah, the big screen. Yeah. If they bring it back, I think they could do it as a TV series or something, and mm-hmm. and maybe explore that. But sure. I think it's completely done, and you've wasted two great stars. Uh, and not to mention, like Liam Neeson was going through some stuff during that time, so they couldn't really put him out front there mm-hmm. in the advertising. Right. So Men in Black International was really bad. And we go to my number one worst of the year. What, what could it be? Cats. Oh, <laughs> wow. Did you see that? She, he he perked. My dog yeah. just was like, what? Cat? He perked up big time there. <laughs> Cats was an abomination. Yeah. And just about the worst movie in the history of the medium of cinema. And that's that's one thing that I can't get over. Just how, how much it did not <laughs> hit the note it was intending to hit. And how... They thought that they were going for it with yeah. cats, man. They were. My question with cats is less of a how and more of a why sort of question, I guess. Just like because it's the longest. It's, it's funny because mine's a. Mine's did you ever a see it, Brian? Did you were you on that episode? <laughs> I with did. Us? No, I wasn't. I saw it afterwards. It was I so bad he had to see it in the in the Discord. Oh, yeah. yeah, he had the. If it had been, that, that's exactly right. That, yeah. That's what I said. I was like, if this was. 30% on Rotten Tomatoes, yeah. I'd be like, it's fine. I don't need to see this. I missed the episode. But when it was sub-20, you're like, I can't. Yeah. I can't skip that, unfortunately. It yeah, was that was fantabulous. Piece. one of our funner episodes of the year. <laughs> and I feel like you don't have to have seen the movie to In enjoy the, uh, it. Absolutely. The Cats Discord is pretty good, too. It's we have a Cats Discord channel. There, it's still yeah. popping over there. Yeah. Yeah. I, keep I throw stuff in there every once in a while. Yeah. So that's, I muted all the other ones. I that's just. my worst of the year <laughs> list. Brian, you want to hit us with some honorable mentions and maybe yeah. some of the ones we haven't talked about yet? Uh, honorable mentions for me, Angel Has Fallen. And so uh, that that's one that was pretty terrible. And then I've got uh, The Man Who Killed Don Quixote is terrible, but it, it's, I think that was technically a 2018 movie, so I, I dropped it down a little. Uh, that was pretty rough. And then two that were like, they're certainly not bottom ten of the year movies, but they were so poorly made that it it I felt like they needed mention was Richard Jewell, which mm. I just oh, finished yeah. and is terrible. I just just lazy Clint Eastwood at his at his finest. It's it's I've said before, like I really was interested. I think a Richard Jewell movie is a very interesting uh-huh. topic. A Richard Jewell movie made by by Clint Eastwood rushed for uh for award season is not of interest and Maybe people should stop working with him. He's not good at making movies. That was rough. And I hated Bombshell. I hated Man, it. I hated it too. I, and I, I, that movie to me was the <laughs> sort of the liberal version of a faith-based movie mm-hmm. where it was like, mm-hmm. isn't this story so important that we're telling here? And you're like, yes, but you still have to make a, a good movie yeah. that tells that story or else you're not doing any good. Right. And it was just so smug in its yes. look at what we're doing here. And it missed the part of in the got the all the heroes wrong and then that there's just and there's that weird where Charlize narrates it at the yeah, beginning and then yeah. doesn't anymore. Was doing the Adam McKay thing for a while and then it just like stopped drops out. Yeah, I hated it. I just thought it was a really bad attempt yeah, at telling a story. It felt like a an HBO movie yeah. from from two thousand two. Well because they something. got Jay Roach to yeah, do it. Yeah, Jay know? Roach is doing that's it. what he does so, until this. So yeah. So that's my honorable mentions. Uh my my worst ten. I had Jim and I man at number ten. We mm. talked about that. Just all levels, just a bad, bad concept. The one-page story is like, oh, that's a cool idea. Yeah. Sure, can we flesh this out into a real movie? And then it yeah. is a terrible movie. Uh, number nine, I had The Kitchen with uh, Melissa McCarthy and Elizabeth Moss and Tiffany Haddish. And mm-hmm. it's just <laughs> it's just a 
That's just a bad, movie. just a bad, it's what turns poorly out made movie. They've yeah. been making a drama with all of them. This right. is, these are the right. kinds of movies that when I said I, I don't see movies, yeah. I yeah, torture yeah. myself purposefully. Yeah. That was one of the ones that like, I'm not even going to try yeah. to put myself through the kitchen, <laughs> yeah, which is pretty... both, it's, it's misogynistic to call it the kitchen. <laughs> Isn't it not? I, I, it's, it's done like, with oh, irony. Yeah. It's done with oh, irony. Okay, okay. Yeah. It's, it's empowering. Yeah, it was. Okay. It's just poor cast, poor casting decisions. I like Melissa McCarthy, as we have all said before. Uh-huh. I really like Melissa McCarthy um, when she's in stuff that is worth her time. Yeah. Uh, what this, was the Mariel Heller movie last year? Uh, Can you ever forgive me? That's she's a great, great in that. That's yeah. a killer movie. So pretty terrible. Number eight was Serenity. Did either of you guys see this? No. McConaughey. Yeah. That was Hathaway. like that came out between. It's like early January. Yeah, yeah. like b- before we were even done talking about yes. the previous year, it yeah. was already done. I. It has a weird twist in it, right? It does. I'm going to spoil it for everybody. Okay. Spoiler alert this is a spoiler it. alert for Serenity. Because I think that. Yes. I'm not trying to lead you, but it's a video game. Yeah. The <laughs> McConaughey. It's like this sort of like trashy sexy like yeah. the you know the kind of the blues riff playing in the background and yeah. all this between McConaughey and Hathaway Hathaway wants McConaughey to kill Hathaway left McConaughey previously with her with their son mm-hmm. married uh Jason Clark yeah. who turns out is an abusive terrible person and he's coming to fish on McConaughey's boat and she wants McConaughey to, to take him out get him drunk and and kill him uh-huh that's the whole point. And then about halfway through, a character pops in who is turns out to be like the rules for the video game and explains Heavy to man. him that he's that this is a video game that his autistic son has created and he's living in it? Yes. In order to like both the, that the son created this video game in order to like stay close to his dad who he never sees and also act out his aggression against his stepfather who's abusive and all this sort of stuff. And there's like a one minute span where I'm watching this and I'm like, this could work. That seems like an interesting concept. And then it would, but but immediately like, Oh no, 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 no. It's like book of Henry uh, last year, the year before that Colin Trevorrow movie Mm -hmm. that, that was just like, Oh no, this is just a terrible idea and we've done it terribly. So number eight for me, number seven, six underground, Michael Bay, Ryan Reynolds' Netflix movie mm-hmm. just felt like Michael Bay injected cocaine directly up his nose for, for yeah. six <laughs> hours and then watched Michael Literally Bay movies. Literally, what happened. And then was like, let's do this. You know, it was horrific. All the things that you don't like about Michael Bay are on full display in that movie and almost none of the, well, but the action's kind of cool. None of that hits. So. Number six for me, MIB International is, is number six. Sorry, we've touched on that. Just a really... A franchise that I really like that was just probably completely ruined by by this movie. The Lighthouse at number five, my most hated movie of the year that I'll never understand. Number four, I had The Goldfinch. Yep. That is the only one on this list that I, I say, I feel like you can look at and say, there was some ambition there and it just... Roger Deakins. Right? Yeah, Roger Deakins. Ooh, it, yeah. Just, it just didn't hit. And That's it, okay. it hits so poorly that you're just I like... John Ford has the quote. I don't know who it is. It's a great old director, but it's like, sometimes you can have the right cast, script, director, everything, cinematographer, and the thing just doesn't happen. Yeah. And that's the ultimate example. Absolutely. The thing doesn't happen. Absolutely. Yeah. Uh, Number three, Rambo Last Blood. Kind of touched on that. Just a a completely colossal screw up on on all levels from American Treasure, Sylvester Stallone. 
Number two is Hellboy. I went back and forth on number two on one and two here. My number one is Cats because it's mm-hmm. it's Cats. It's just a. Uh, from from literally the first second, you you just like oh no, no okay here we go uh-huh. like this is makes no sense worst acting Assa- of the year yeah ter- terrible acting assaulting on the eyes assaulting on the I heard some people were like well but the music's good and I'm like I I push no. back against that yeah. and every I think the music is terrible uh, Memories is one of the worst songs ever to me can't stand it it looked horrible. The, the technology malfunctions that went into all this. Mm-hmm. The only thing, the, the reason I went back and forth on it between that and Hellboy is, at the very least, it is a, almost like, I almost want to say like it's a functional movie. Like the production yeah, of it. It's professional. Was a, it was a quote unquote well-made, even if all these things are just like wrong with it. Mm-hmm. Hellboy is the opposite. It was, Hellboy feels like, Seven different directors got twelve-minute chunks, and then somebody kind of stitched it together. On top of being horribly acted, horribly written, no sense whatsoever, and something that, like, I think if you would have said, "Hey, they're making a Cats movie five years ago," be like, "Well, that's going to be terrible." A Hellboy movie doesn't sound like a terrible concept, Uh, and it's been done okay twice before. You know, I thought maybe with David Harbor, this could be a, and it is. The complete everything about it went wrong, in part because they had multiple directors working on it and trying to cut it all together. But it is both of those will be prominently featured in in worst of of the decade for me. That's that's a pretty great, terrible one two at the top. So, yeah, that's a quite a list, man. Richard, can <laughs> you top that? Um, I, don't, I can't top it. I'll go through my little faster because we've talked about a yeah. lot of these. But really honorable outliers. mention for me is Alita, okay. the Angel of Battles. <laughs> Uh, number 10 is The Dirt. Number 9 is Gemini Man. Yeah. Number 8 is Rambo Last Blood. Man. What a weird movie that just sucked so bad for no reason. Yeah. And it's, we were kind of in the middle of a subtle slice-ons yeah. with Creed. And then, yeah. That's like a Sylvester Stallone movie from 10, 15 years ago. Yeah. He was in his dark period. Number 6 is Hellboy. Oh, you saw it? Wow. Yeah. That's an airplane movie. Exactly where I saw it. Wow, man. Definitely. Saw it on an airplane. Keep in mind, this is my least favorite, my worst. So, you know, Hellboy might be worth something. Number five, Bombshell. Garbage movie. It's so cynical. It's so of a really important thing that happened. Yeah. It just Mm -hmm. misses so bad that it's punished. Um, even though Charlize Theron is wonderful. I mean, yeah, she's Megan good. Kelly, but I don't understand why Megan Kelly's the hero of the story. It's a whole weird thing. Number four, Men in Black International. Mm. Really bad. Killed that franchise, I think, for the foreseeable yeah. future. We're not going to get that MIB 21 Jump Street crossover. Yeah, still, I blame the North Koreans so hard for that. <laughs> Number three, Goldfinch. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Again, the thing just didn't happen. Yeah. Number two. Cats. I'm excited where cats. we're going. Uh-oh. Oh. Uh-oh. We got an upset. We Number got an upset. Cats. I'm nervous. Cats is terrible, but I enjoyed it immensely. Good conversations about it. Yeah. Well, that's. I enjoyed it. It's it's my worst of the year, but I'm going to love hate watching Cats <laughs> yeah. like 50 more times. It'll be like a um, Rocky Horror thing, I think, forever. Yeah. It'll end up yeah. being profitable because... It will be in theaters every year for next twenty five years with people doing cats bits, and it'll become a uh, the room. <laughs> it will, right? 
probably the dumbest thing they could have done is fix it CGI wise. Yeah. They should have left it bad because that's their best chance of making a ton of money forever. The thing that kills like an me, original print of cats. Yeah, that was advertised somewhere. Oh, I'm there. The thing mm-hmm. that kills me with cats is this is something we talk about all the time. Richard and I we used to talk about like our our consultancy uh-huh. for for basketball teams sure. that we'd show up and we'd ask. Okay, but they'd say, well, we're interested in drafting this yeah. guy, and we'd say, well, what does he do? Right, and they'd say. Well, he's athletic. I'm like, well, again, that doesn't. Yeah. It's amazing to me with cats more than anything else that that had to go through fifty people. Yeah, that not one person was like, "Hey, what?" You no. know what though? I think they had the answer to it. it. Was like, well, you know, it is ridiculous, but so was the play, and that play made a ton of money right. forever. I would just say what, what I think the idea of a cats movie, knowing what you know about the what the, the musical and all that. The the solution on that is this movie costs thirty million dollars to make. Yeah, yeah. That's where we ha- we're gonna we're gonna play into the kitsch of it. Yeah. yeah. We're gonna have sets that are clearly sets, you and know. Fur costumes. And fur costumes and go that route. But the where where it crossed the, the Rubicon right. is this movie costs $120 million to make. It's <laughs> yeah. like, well, you will never see that money. Yeah. Like that is literally setting money on fire. So anyway, sorry. You're number yeah. one. I'm number excited. One, it was uh most offensive film I saw this year on every level. Here we go. You know, I take things personally when it's things uh-huh. I care about. Like I didn't like the post. Yep. Because I was too I classic now you see me, I look too close into that world. <laughs> and another passion of mine is uh and I think both of yours as well as late night television. Uh-huh. <laughs> and I respect the art form. I respect the <laughs> pathos involved. I respect uh everything about it. I think it's just a really interesting part of culture. In the movie Late Night, mm. I I got it, and when it hit Prime, I was excited. I'm not a huge uh, Mindy Kaling fan. I loved her in The Office. I was a huge fan. I read her books early on, but like she's kind of let me down over the last ten years or so. Uh-huh. So I was I was prepared for it to not be great, yeah. but it's a late night movie. I got and it and I like I actually like him at Thompson in a lot of things. I mean that. It's just the. Uh, I'm pretty much sure I live tweet live texted you guys watching yeah. it. I didn't. I don't remember anything about it, but I remember having a conversation with you guys while I was watching it, and there was like 75 things that I was like, why? Yeah. <laughs> you know? like It just is a bad movie. It's, 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 it, it's just, it makes me mad. That's that's a world that deserves a good movie. It deserves yes. an episode yes. at some point. It's a cool for setting for it, and it's so atrocious. It has no understanding of it. I don't know. It It, it just seemed like Excuse, which by the way, there should be a a prominent female late night host. That's awesome, but like that whole movie was just like the idea was there's a you know there's nothing yes. behind it. Yes, and uh, it's like yeah, so so. I mean, that's so poorly this written. And hot she wrote young s- shot writer that gets hired to be the yeah. head of a late night show yeah. with no writing experience it just saves it, and also and it's just like so condescending that well I don't you to, know whatever. To, but yeah, that, your jokes better be good then. Yes, that's the thing. Yeah, it's yeah, like yeah. making a baseball right. movie, and everyone throws. That's like, the bit. Like right. like you right. know, there's plenty of movies that have come out that have a ridic- that have a ridiculous concept like right. that. But in the logic of the world, right? But you have to execute. Yeah, the right. idea with it. It's not only it the idea. Funny, yeah, or... it has to have more to this. Yes. You can't just have the. That's yes. every SNL bit. It's like we're uh, making fun of Donald Trump. Okay, Spot great, on. but yes, there's now way, write jokes. There's yeah. way too much <laughs> of that right now. Yes, that's In bombshell. All, that's Richard Jewell. Yes. Richard Jewell. It's all premise these, humor. Yes, or premise interest. Like, it's, okay, we're making this thing about a cool premise. Right. 
done. Let's go. Exactly. Like, or yeah. this is an important story. Or right. this is an important thing. Or whatever. And Great. you're just like, but that's not that's not that's not even half the deal here. Yeah. Like that's that you've got ten percent. What are we doing with the rest Some of Some great yeah. movies are just about you know we talked about Clerks earlier. Clerks is at a convenience store. Right. That movie works, you know, maybe not anymore, but it worked in its moment right. because it was yeah. interesting. Yeah. You know, you know, that means nothing. Right. But you can't just set something in an interesting world and expect that to <sighs> Yeah. Yeah. And be like, oh, and by the way, and she's great, and she and he knows right. how to do this, and uh, and then like, but they, I see, I'm watching them. They don't. There's no jokes right. there or anything. Right. I don't know. Yeah. Well, Very part of it is Mindy written. like writes her own stuff for herself, I know. so she and she's uh, real into herself. She really wants to make herself a star yeah. in almost every facet of it, and so that's fine. But she she I lost can't. me, and she's was so great. And this happens to a lot of male comedians too. But like first. Two comedians, maybe one, actually really, one comedian ever was simultaneously funny and cool, Eddie Murphy. <laughs> cool is anti-comedy. Yeah, but he, not really. He's never yeah. a great stand-up or, mm-hmm. you know, he's more of a performer. But I just mean, like, the minute Mindy tried to be, like, cool, it yeah. just negates, you know, overly hip. It's just not, that's, you just be funny and you will be cool because you're funny. And that, could, I mean, a lot of male comedians have done that too, but she, she just got really into, like, I don't know. I'm trying to be a dating this, Ryan Howard. I mean, that's what ruined her. Yeah, this movie star thing and stuff. And it's like the the when she was great, it was always the self deprecation and all of that. Yeah, and, you're uh, right. Self aware. Yeah. Now all of a sudden, it's like every picture of her is a Vogue picture. You know, it'd be you know Dane Cook did the same thing. Right. Not that yeah, he was ever right. as talented as Mindy Kaling. Yes. But like cool, trying to be cool kills funny. Yeah. No, it's a great point. I mean, and she's really good friends with Lena Dunham. That's, Which that's who that's who I blame. Yeah, do that's Agent Zero right there. Yeah, oh, wow. Now we know why. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Lena Dunham influence. No. Yeah. Okay, we're done talking about bad movies for the year. We're done. Only good stuff from now on. Yeah. We'll hit this. We'll hit the Oscars, and we'll be done. So, top of the year for 2020. I mean, 2019. It's 2020 now because my I've already started making my list. So I'm looking at my letterbox and I've. Already got my list going for 2020. I've only seen two movies. But <laughs> they're number one and number two of the uh-huh. year so far. So downside, they're yeah. also the worst two movies. Yeah, exactly. There's only two, so yeah. we'll see how the year plays out. So I'm gonna go my my favorite films of 2019. Uh, I actually have. Let's see. I'm gonna go over my entire thing. I'll go really fast. I actually have 53 movies on my total list that at the time. I put them on. I was like, okay, that could be in contention. Okay. Right? And to varying degrees, I, I adjusted them as we went. And here's my final list. So 53, Glass. 52, Mr. America with Tim Heidecker. Did you guys ever see that? I didn't see that. No, it's on my list. He basically runs for mayor of this yeah. town of uh, San Bernardino. It's on my playlist. So, it's an so interesting, semi-scripted, semi-improvisational kind of Sasha Baron Cohen thing, but... It's got some ridiculous satire and some ridiculous humor in it, mm. so it's worth a watch. Uh, 51 is Batman versus TMNT. Did you guys ever see that? No. Uh-uh. It's very good. Okay. It's one of the best Batman cartoon adaptation movie I've seen, and it blends those two worlds perfectly. Funny, uh, really gets all the characters right in a, in a very insane premise, and so that one blew me away. For what it was, uh, 50, The Wandering Earth was a Chinese movie where they 
strap <laughs> they strap rockets to the earth and, yep. and shoot it into a different solar system to save humanity which is insane but it's the movie's just as ridiculous as that sounds yeah. and so it's worth a watch for an insane sci-fi and it made like a billion dollars too or something right. it was one Huge. of the highest grossing movies of the year overall uh, Claws Little Monsters which is a zombie movie with Lupita Nyong'o that's worth your time if you want to check that out it's uh, one of the cooler zombie movies I've seen uh, I Am Mother Honeyland, Terminator Dark Fate, Hobbs and Shaw, Scary Stories, uh, Lego Movie 2, The Highwayman, uh, Captain Marvel. forgot about The Highwayman. I got to add that one to my... On your worst? Yeah. Well, no. On ones you I didn't chart it. Yeah. yeah. Joker, Child's Play, Zombieland Double Tap, uh, High Flying Bird, uh, Peanut Butter Falcon, How to Train Your Dragon 3, Long Shot... Ad Astra, It Chapter 2, Honey Boy, this is number 30, uh, Godzilla, King of the Monsters, Little Women, Dr. Sleep, Booksmart, Shazam, Toy Story 4, Dolomite is My Name, Marriage Story, Yesterday, we're at number 20 now, Between Two Ferns, the you movie. You liked Yesterday that much? Yeah, I liked Yesterday Interesting. a lot. Interesting, yeah. okay. I, I, yeah, that was one of the ones where I was like... It had enough cleverness to it that it won me over. Like it wasn't was, just the premise. It had it really knew it really knew how to make the premise more than just a premise, in my opinion. I was with it up until Lennon. When Lennon yeah. came in, I was uh, like, Okay, I'm out. This is, this is this yeah. is that was yeah, that, that took was kinda it, lame. Took it a bridge too far for me. And the the bit of him trying to pitch all the Beatles albums was was hilarious yeah. to like Sergeant Peppers, this is what? You know, there was some fun Yeah. Beatles humor in there sure. that I was like, okay, yeah, this this is better than just like, what if the Beatles didn't exist? It had some it had some really self awareness to it. Yeah, some funny. Richard Curtis always has some funny lines and stuff in it. Too. Right. Yeah. It was it was clever. I enjoyed it as a date movie kind of thing. Uh, Between Two Ferns, the movie, oh, one of the man. funniest movies of the year. I died. I was cackling the whole time. Uh, number nineteen, uh, Beautiful Day in the Neighborhood, John Wick Chapter Three, Spider Man Far From Home. Portrait of a Lady on Fire. Now we're at 15. Rocket Man, Rise of Skywalker, The Irishman, Avengers Endgame, and number 11, Apollo 11. And Apollo 11, normally I don't put documentaries on my list because I feel like they're, if I did that, my top 10 would probably mm-hmm. be documentaries. Yeah. Because they're always so well made and so interesting. But I don't feel like Apollo 11 is, an, is a typical documentary because it is. It's on the narr- It's a narrative story. There's no. There's no talking heads to it. There's no narration. It is like a movie, but it's a. It's a movie of real footage, if that makes sense. So Apollo Eleven is is, is excellent. Should we go roundabout in the ten? Let's then? go roundabout. I'll okay. start with my number ten. My number ten is a movie that I hadn't heard of, uh, but was intrigued by, and it ended up being a lot funner than I anticipated it being. One that I can see myself revisiting around the fall every single year. It's ready or not. Mm. It was a fun, uh, mixed like a whodunit mixed with a with with Clue, mixed with horror, mixed with like a Kill Bill vibe to it as well. Really fun, and ninety minutes knew exactly what it wanted to do, did it well, and got out and. Yeah, one of the funner experiences I had and more than more pleasant surprises of, of 2019. So, ready or not, my number 10. Okay. Yeah. Uh, I had, I'll go next, Arby. Yeah. 
honorable mentions I'll mention I had I had uh, Rise of Skywalker at 15, Peanut Butter Falcon at 14. I loved that movie so much right up until the end. Mm-hmm. That last like it didn't they didn't yeah. know what they were doing to to get out of it, I think. Um, cause it was, that was for sure a top 10 movie for me until the last like five minutes. Mm-hmm. And then it kind of, it dropped just a little bit. How to train your dragon hidden world, which I've seen a million times, mm. uh, with Coop just mercy was the, to me was the kind of the exact opposite of what we talked about with bombshell and late night and Richard Jewell and all these movies. It's, it had, uh, a story of substance and importance and significance to tell. And then it told it in a compelling way. Right. Also, without I think really leaning too hard into the uh, emotional terrorism of it all, and in doing so, I felt like it really did a great job of highlighting what it was talking sure. about instead of just saying, "Isn't this so bad? Aren't you sad that this is a thing that happened?" And instead, kind of left you with the thing of like, "Isn't it terrible that this is a thing that continues to happen every single day?" Um, did that really well. So that was my that was my number twelve. I had eleven movies that I really had in. I had seven locks in the top ten, and then four movies for those last three spots. And I went back and forth on which movie was going to drop out of the top ten and be you know be the number eleven one. But I shall say this: this is a for me when we do these end of year lists. I always try to blend favorite and best, and top is what I come out with, and it's just kind of trying to put those two things together. Nineteen seventeen ended up being my number eleven for the year. In a great year, I think 1917 is probably like number five last year yeah. or maybe sure. higher. I don't know. Uh, really great year. Great, incredible theater experience. Probably the best theater experience of the year for me. Maybe short of like Endgame was mm-hmm. just such a great that – was, that was one of the rare times where the, the, a, a packed theater helped the experience instead of the other way around. Mm-hmm. But great theater experience. Incredibly well-made movie. If it wins Best Picture and Director and all that sort of stuff, then I'll, that's great. Like I have no no issue with that. Like I said on the episode, I do have. I I w- wonder if I will feel as strongly about 1917 in five years as I did in the moment watching it on screen and seeing it play out the way that it you know with that that cinematography trick and and whatnot. So that ultimately is what led me to to drop it to 11 versus uh, keeping it in the top 10. My number 10 was Beautiful Day in the Neighborhood, which I think I probably had outside, somewhere in the 15 range for for a good chunk of the last month. But that is one that the... uh, Hanks was great, obviously, and and Matthew Reese was great. Uh, Mariel Heller's direction with that has stuck with me Mm -hmm. much more so than any biopic, I I think, maybe ever, uh, but certainly... Over the last uh, few years, did she just did such a great job of putting that to screen and using the show as a vehicle to to tell some some of the story and have some little production notes that I think were really insightful and and great. And I just when I said when we did that episode, I said I just feel like I don't know. I, I walked out of that movie feeling good, mm-hmm. and that just doesn't ha- even movies that I love more than this one that just doesn't happen a whole lot because we. Mr. Rogers just has a kindness to him that we, we, we do not have as a, a society right now. So that was my number 10, Beautiful Day in the Neighborhood. Arby, you got... Uh, I, no, I don't. I, 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 I only have uh, 19 through 11. I really... I like you guys. <laughs> <laughs> uh, no, some... Uh, I have a few honorable mentions and then uh, we'll go into it. Honorable mention... Actually, I just have one honorable mention on the year. Jojo Rabbit is honorable mention for me. Okay. And then a bunch of stuff... I mean, I liked a bunch of stuff this year, but... 
only that one really circled my top ten. You mm. know what I would consider. Uh, but my number ten is a is a movie. Just as we talked about it a ton, a kind of movie they don't make anymore. I'm sure it'll show up on one of your lists because it's just a really fun, great movie, and um, and just movie stars doing movie star stuff and and well shot, well written, fun experience. Can't wait to watch it more. And that's uh, Ford vs Ferrari. Number ten. This is my number ten. Cool. Kent, you got your number nine. I do. So number nine, uh, while we're on it, number nine is 1917 mm. on my list. Um, I think it's worthy of a top ten just because it is so perfect and unique uh-huh, in how it's sure. approached. I saw it two times. So the first time I went in, just kind of absorbing it all. And the second time, I was thinking, is this a good movie or not? Mm-hmm. And I think it, did you burn the reel after you saw it? <laughs> I burned it and I I threw it in the. The, the lake attached to a cinder block. <laughs> okay, cool. So no one would know that it happened. <laughs> so the thing about 1917 is that I am a film nerd, and I, I can only pay attention to that stuff and still have an awesome time watching this. After the first viewing, it doesn't... The illusion doesn't wear off. Like, okay, I get what it's doing as a, as a bit, if, if you will, I can watch the bit every single time and not even pay attention to the story or acting or screenplay, to be quite honest with you. I can put this thing on mute and still be like, wow, you know, gosh, no question. Or just have the score going or whatever. And I think it's a, it's a super interesting accomplishment. So if it wins best picture, I'm fine with that. If, you know, I walked out of it saying, Oh God, that's, should probably win everything yeah. it's nominated. I mean, I can't, I can't say I no. If it wins best cinematography, great. If it wins best directing, great. If it wins best picture, great. If it wins best score, great. You know, I can't argue that. Whereas I can for a lot of the other movies this year, mainly one that got eleven nominations. Yeah. So well, you don't understand art, dude. I don't. It's. I understand <laughs> it. It's in the top thirty-nine. Kent movies walks. Of the year, we're not that. far. We're right down the street of uh, from the Kimball. Our wonderful art museum here in Fort Worth, Texas, and Kent just walks around it on Sundays, and he's just like, "They won't even let me in." What? What? What is the point of this? Yeah. What, I don't understand this. That's Kent with art. Yeah, he just doesn't understand. Not that. allowed within 150 mm-hmm. yards. They listen of an to the museum. podcast. So. <laughs> exactly. 1917 museum watch list. <laughs> I, it, I'll be honest though, it was a lot higher <laughs> on my list. Even Thomas Crown, <laughs> the whole list. Yeah, it, it was a lot higher. Yeah, I'm a, I'm a monuments <laughs> man of 2020. <laughs> uh, it was a lot higher on my list when I first saw it, mm, and wow. I only have moved it down since it came yeah. out. Same with The Irishman. The Irishman was, you know, a lot higher. It ended up being 13 at the end of the day. It didn't didn't settle in the top 10, but at the time, I was like, this is one of the best movies I've seen this year, if not the best. And then I saw multiple movies that were better than it after that, So, in my opinion. So... That's that's kind of my reasoning for 1917 is why it settled at number nine. What's your number nine, Brian? My number nine is The Farewell. Uh, oh, nice. I didn't see that one. Yeah. I didn't see The Farewell, and there was one more that you mentioned. Uh, there was one other that we talked. Oh, it was uh, Just Mercy. Oh, I yeah, haven't yeah. seen that one yet. Either. Really good. So just really good. Movie. As a misnomer, yeah. it's not that I don't hate it. I have not seen that and The Farewell. I'm sure they would have been in my top 50. Or- I think this year I hit I, I really I'm, I'm sure there's some blind spot or something but I, I think for the first time in a long maybe ever since we've been doing this show I think I hit every movie that I felt like I needed to see before. Erotic and this. non. Yeah that's obviously. Well, that's, well, that's a given. to the art. Yeah. Um, yeah screeners this year helped a lot. Yeah. So was able to get rid of it. The Farewell is great. We 
do we no it was me and and yeah. and, and, and uh ariel that did that episode just a different kind of movie yeah. than we normally see and lulu wang just did an incredible job yeah. of making an american movie chinese or a chinese movie american and just kind of i i i was kind i was really blown away by that and aquafina was great she is she brought everything to that role that uh was was asked for asked of her and more uh she was outstanding and and uh the grandmother too she was in Joe was that was mm-hmm. she was fantastic too so i really love that movie it's small it's kind of I don't know how I, I don't know that that's going to be one that people are going to remember from this year in in five or ten years and but for for in the moment especially I I just thought it was a really special poignant movie that that uh, I I really dug and and deserved deserved a spot here so that's nine for me nine for me is a movie from earlier in the year and it stuck with me and I just thought it was really interesting and not you know a little bit of a I don't know letdown is the right word considering the last film but. Uh, a really great film by a really fun filmmaker, and that's Us. No, oh, nice. Uh, scary, thought-provoking, really well-crafted, really well-acted. Lupita is one of my favorite actors in the world. And, uh, yeah, so the Us That is, was number us, nine? That was number for nine you? for me. Okay, we're going to number eight on our lists here of Best of 2019. Number eight for me is Jojo Rabbit. It, uh, we talked about this on an episode. Yeah. But... Just such a fine line you have to walk with the movie like this, and I think yeah. Taika walked that line flawlessly here. Very strong performances, a very enriching story that I feel like a lot of people need to see. I, I'm not a Holocaust survivor or anything like that, so I can't speak to that, mm. how it affects those people. But for, I think, the average person, I think the average person would get something out of this movie about compassion and about... Humanity, sure. And so Jojo Rabbit is is a very strong movie and just one that's an anomaly among movies. It's there's not a lot of movies like this, and if there are, they usually don't work at all. They they usually go f- too far into the satire or too far into the humor. Yeah, and this one straddles that line perfectly. So Jojo Rabbit's my number eight. Taika the the ambition on that is I mean that's a that's a really difficult tightrope to walk and and I thought he navigated it great. I think some people didn't see that movie based solely on Hitler is in this the trailer right and, and it's a comedic Hitler and I just to me it's fine I'm not arguing that totally. anybody needs to go see that. it if you can't do it but I thought that was one of the better uses or actual example of satire <laughs> that we've seen in a, in a, in a long time like he really understood the satire there not just in name so Number number eight for me was Toy Story four. I, I went back and forth. I had it like top, I had it number one at some point in the year. I dropped it a couple of times. I went back and forth. I've seen it multiple times because Coop loves it. You know, I was not necessarily against it because Toy Story three is such a perfect movie mm-hmm. and such a perfect end for that franchise. I do think it's definitely a downgrade from that. But my whole, I just wanted a, I know, Kent, you, you feel like it was kind of a cash, a cash grab or. Well, I just thought they ended Toy Story 3 so perfectly sure. that it's like, as a story, we we don't need yeah. to do anything else. And so, sure. from that perspective, but I think what it does, it does so well. Like yeah. It's beautifully animated, great, funny, you know, great kids movie. It should be 90% plus on Rotten Tomatoes. Yeah. I just, I, I was just like, uh, that. that's the only reason I. 
I have it so low on my list. It's top 25 for me. Um, sure. It's ahead of a lot of movies that I've really enjoyed. But as a Toy Story movie, it's my least favorite, which is not... I mean, Right, it, sure. This would be the best movie of any other animation studio yeah. has ever done. It's just... The, the stakes were so high with that. Yeah, that no, it's, it's totally fair. Yeah, totally fair. But I've seen it a bunch. I, it still works for me from an emotional standpoint. I know some some of our people, some of our vipers were didn't love the separation of Woody from Buzz and that it focused so much on Woody and stuff. And I I understand that criticism. For me, I always thought Buzz Lightyear was a fun toy, but Woody was the important soul of that whole franchise so a movie that focused more on him than on the entire team didn't didn't bother me at all so i love toy story 4 so i i stuck here i i had it out of my top 10 for for a while just based on 1917 is such an achievement in film that it, it felt weird to not put it in the top 10 but um but i do know i'm going to rewatch toy story 4 50,000 times and i'm not <laughs> going to do so with 1917 probably yeah, most of those are going to be not your idea, too. So yeah, totally, totally. <laughs> Toy Story. I've, I've probably said before. There, there. When you become a parent, there's movies that it's like I want to watch. It's, it's this tier is movies I want to watch, and then the bottom tier is movies that I don't want to watch, but my kid wants to watch. And you're just trying to find movies that are in the middle, really. Of like, mm-hmm. can I enjoy this, or at least can I tune it out and it yeah. not invade my brain while you are entertained by it? Uh, and and the Toy Story movies hit the top tier better mm-hmm. than. Any well, animated films. We haven't just... seen Ugly Dolls yet. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, Ugly Dolls and and most of the Leica movies. So anyway, Toy Story four for me. I'll go ahead and say my number seven is Jojo Rabbit. Since you okay, guys, cool. we already touched on it. I thought it was just a great a great film and uh, handled its subject matter totally. so so perfectly. Mm-hmm. So I was gonna say one you want to try on that kind of sweet spot with Coop is Melancholia. Yeah, so, yeah, 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 totally. Okay. Yeah, any yeah. Von Trier, really. right? Yeah, it's yeah. kind of that. Yeah, se- seventh birthday, you know. Gotta, yeah. He needs to understand art the eventually. Kids. Right. Because I never did as a kid, yeah. and look at me. He did not get Joker at all. I, well, well, he like, doesn't understand art yet. He, did, so. he was like, where's Batman? I was like, well, don't you understand? Batman is a child. Well, do, do you, you see the pearls it? hit the pavement? And, like, yeah, <laughs> he was, but he's an idiot, you know. He okay. Wow. So, anyway, What's your number eight? eight. Your... My number eight is a movie, um, which I think I'm sure oh. will come up again. Yeah, I know. Believe it or not. Wow. <laughs> it's a movie. Yeah. No, it is. I was going to do uh, an old... 14th century yeah, play? Yeah. <laughs> a Nickelodeon? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> a maritime play? Mine is a film that, that uh, was from a filmmaker we really like, who, who, depending on who you ask, may have had a misstep of large or small or not at all mm. over the last couple of years. Harvey Weinstein. Yeah. <laughs> Gosh. Yep. In that movie? <laughs> depending on who you are. <laughs> Is House of Cards season three? Uh, <laughs> um, no, this is uh, Ryan Ryan Johnson's Knives Out. Really nice. fun movie, fun ensemble cast of unique actors I like, but don't get to see a ton of yeah. and that type of stuff. And I just really, really enjoyed it. And that's one I'll probably watch for the next thirty years. Yeah, even more than even thing movies that are above it. Yeah, that won't that won't come up on my list. Why don't you give us your number seven too? And then since I already did, okay. Oh, okay. Yeah, my number you. seven is. Uh, Lower on my list than I anticipated, but a really great film, one of the best made films of the year, and uh, you know, obviously a great filmmaker. And that's Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. Okay, number seven for me. Cool. Yeah, it's great. It, I, I loved it, but yeah, I, if you told me before the years, like that's going to be one or two, right. obviously. So like weird to be disappointed as uh-huh. like the seventh best movie of the year, but it's it's great. Yeah, it's just an awesome year. Great year, definitely. Yeah, I'm going to go. My number seven was Knives Out. Okay, so, and 
this is one that I struggled not keep putting in the top five. Yeah, I really feel like over time it'll probably get up there mm-hmm. more, but there was just so much of a more of an experience with more of these movies that I'll remember as like a visceral, had a visceral reaction to the movies and knives out was just a fun time at the theater, which you don't get a lot of these days, which is great. I mean, this movie's made a ton of money. It's yeah, still playing huge hit, man. It's still in the top 10 out there. I think when you go see it, it's, it's everything it's, it should have been and more. And Anna Diarmas is great in it. The supporting cast, Jamie Lee Curtis, you know, obviously they're doing something with Daniel Craig. Gosh, man. There's a Ben Bois Blanc cinematic universe is happening. Cannot it's official. Wait. They're doing a sequel to this with so him. So pumped for that. Where dude. he's going to just solve another crime. I'm very excited for that. But I, I agree. Ryan Johnson, I mean, Star sucks. It honestly sucks that he had to do Star Wars because <laughs> only fanboys are just going to diss him forever and be like, I don't care if Knives Out is good. You ruined Star Wars. You know, that kind of thing. I just... That's so dumb. I think he's such people? a talented writer and talented individual that's like, wrong place, the wrong time. Anybody would have said yes to do that. Here, we're giving you a Star it, Wars movie. You're going to have complete creative control. And, and it didn't, it wasn't awful. It's no. Just, it was fine. You know yeah. I mean? That's what's so fun. I think yeah. we're the only people that don't hate that one or Rise of Skywalker. I, I, I like both of those movies. <laughs> yeah, they're Quite all, a bit. They're all Quite a bit. fine. Yeah, they're all, they're all great. You know, it's... A's. A or A minus. Yeah. I really like them both. <laughs> people are just Most so want to get upset. It really, they do. And they love coming at people on social yeah, media behind people. a screen. And it's a whole thing now. And we, in those things are, that, that franchise especially is so precious to people, yes. which I understand psychologically. Yeah. It's been, but, yeah. Lose, lose for everybody yeah. involved. But I mean, he just showed everybody. Yeah. All, proved all the doubters wrong with this movie because it's so nobody can deny that this is a well written, well executed, on a, almost every level movie. And I'm glad he. I think he got nominated for best screenplay. Yeah, screenplay yeah. got nominated. Yeah, so good for him. Yeah, and I hope things are looking up for him. He's at his best. If when I he's was him, playing I, in his own. Sandbox. If I was him, and they were like, "Hey, you want to do another Star Wars movie?" I'd be like, "No, no, thank you. No, I appreciate do... it, but I can't yeah. take that anymore." Mm. Yep. And uh, so that's my number seven. I was out. My number six was Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. Though. Okay. Yeah. Um, we'll go ahead and talk about that one. I'm with you, Richard. It was very high on my list at, at the beginning yeah, of the year. Totally. It was number one. Uh, whenever I saw it, it was very, very up there. Yeah. Watched it again. Still very good, but didn't sting nearly as much as the first time did. Yeah. It's something about well, it. It's such a theatrical experience watching it on home viewing. Mm-hmm. And it's, it's weird in that. It's not kinetic like a lot of Tarantino movies. It's it's these great scenes and mm. then stuff in between it. Yeah, that's true. And so like, I don't know. It's this the, the scenes are totally worth it, but then there's just some stuff in it that just kind of, it's it's essential it's to the waiting, plot. It's about hanging out in Hollywood. Yeah, I, know. I mean it's it just is. like just hang dudes out hanging out. It is, but you're not always in the mood yeah. to hang out. Sometimes yeah, you like sure. It to be. Sometimes I you wish like there it were two versions little, of it. <laughs> you like it to be a little more structured and a little more of a story than. Than this was. It just feels like just Carantino having fun yeah. making a movie, and that's great. But I just I don't think this is one of his best movies. Certainly not a top three for me for Tarantino, but I still think it's very very good, and it should win acting awards. I think if Leo won and Brad Pitt won, I'd be like, yeah. great. They were both inc- incredible in that. Sure. And I think Cliff Booth and Rick Dalton are among the best Tarantino characters yeah. that he's ever done. Totally I agree. love those characters. 
and how he gave them a history and a whole the whole deal. So yeah, love, love me some of that. GT whiskey sours, man. <laughs> There's a lot of fun moments in yeah. that movie, and it stung me to not put it in my top five. It really yeah. did. It hurt my soul, but it's at number six for me. So yeah. Yeah, I think we got seven and six for you. I'm going to do two again here because you guys have both mentioned. My number five was Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. So I, okay. I put it in my top five for so me. Middle of it. Yeah. that's pr- I, and, and I'm not as big of a Tarantino guy as, as I think both of you guys are. Um, it's been, I would probably put it beneath Inglorious. I probably would have it ahead of Django. Django, last time through rewatch, I was like, this is such a good movie. And I'm, I think I might be tapped out on the number of times that I can watch it. It's just so... I don't know. It, it's very aggressive. Uh, this is much less aggressive. I think it might be DiCaprio's best acting since Catch Me If You Can, maybe. I think he's just so great. Departed, maybe. I don't know. Departed's awesome. Man. He's just so great in that Wolf role. Of Wall Street, he's pretty awesome. Yeah, he, he's always great. Yeah, I, mean, I mean, it's it's tough to pick. Bad but, Jed, um, <laughs> obviously, yeah, yeah. Uh, <laughs> Body of proof, or there was an interview with him was. recently. They were talking about it was for this Oscar season or something, and they they were talking about uh, they said something, somehow Clint Eastwood came up, and they go, "Oh man, he's so good." Have you have you have you worked with Leo? Have you worked with Clint Eastwood? And he's like, "Yeah, and uh, J. Edgar," and he just, it was just like, "Hello, <laughs> Doctor Smile." It was so good, just dead silent. Yeah, he uh, just kind of like looked into the middle gosh, distance for a second. Like, yeah, yeah, Clint Eastwood, man, what a weird one. Uh, but yeah, I love that movie. I, I once upon a time it was just a was a the, and it. I loved that going into that movie. My wife had never seen a Tarantino movie. We went to yeah. see it together, and I told her because she was like, "What is this gonna?" And I was like, "Well, I th- what I expect is gonna happen is it's gonna be fun, s- kind of slow play with the the story yeah. aspect of it. The dialogue's gonna be hot." And then it's going to explode into violence yeah. at the end, and that is exactly what happened. Yeah. And I walked out being like, "That's ex- that's hundred percent hit hit my expectation for what I." What Has I she wanted, wanted to see it. anything else by him? Has she been like, "Oh, I want to see Inglorious or something"? I think she would really like Inglorious, yeah. but she doesn't. She doesn't watch movies at yeah. home. She watches TV shows. She she binges constantly. She doesn't yeah, watch movies. My wife's the same way. But um, I, Inglorious maybe, but the you that know reading through one. it and everything. But yeah, yeah that that's that's something. Is that- but uh, anyway, so that's my number five. My number six is uh, is Avengers Endgame. Okay, cool. And I don't know if it's going to come up on one of y'all's list. Not on mine. It was, I, mean, it was, I liked it. It was number 12 on okay. my list. Um, that Star Wars didn't make my list, but I like it. Got you. Went back and forth on happy, kind of rode the wave yeah. with it of like, it's great. It's it's good. It's great. And Let me see it again. I'm maybe giving it a little bit of extra credit based on this is a 10-year project, 10-year and 22-movie project kind of brought to fruition i also internally kind of combine it with infinity war Uh and say that's one big six hour movie and that maybe adds to it a little bit but it's it's such a huge accomplishment to be able to have that vision to pull it off had two or three of the best scenes of the year in any any film i think Uh so while there are there are better superhero movies um that have come out over this last decade or two decades the, the superhero era i just think the accomplishment on this one is such there's such a high degree of difficulty and such a huge hit that it for me and one that I, I've, I've rewatched it a couple of times and it it's great background viewing um especially com- when you add in infinity war into it as well so i i and and i, I thought rdj was just so good in that movie that i thought had a sneaky case for for a best supporting actor um in a stacked year 
So anyway, yeah. six six for me, Avengers five, once upon a time. So six for you, RB, right? Six for me, okay. correct. Uh six for me is Parasite. Okay. So yeah, one we just reviewed a few weeks ago. A really cool movie, really unique, great voice uh from the director. Like we talked about, lots of different genres in this film. It's almost like a collage. Um, really worked for me. I thought it was super smart. And yeah, can't wait to see more from 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 everyone involved. But it's it's a it, I think a real a real masterpiece. And uh, yeah, most years. I mean, now we're getting to where yeah any of these would be the best of of most years. But yeah, that's my number six. Kento, I'm on number five. I guess okay. we're moving to the top we're five here. Ford versus Ferrari. My number five in a movie that I'm probably going to watch 700 more times yeah. as well. Insanely rewatchable, super fun, super authentic. I feel like to the story, super educational, I guess that's mm-hmm. the word I'm looking for. I had no idea. You know, I had heard about the, the 24 hours of Lamans and, and the whole Ford versus Ferrari story and Carol Shelby and all that. Yeah. Growing up, but I'd never really dove into that subject matter. And it really piqued my interest on that. You wanted to go back and watch documentaries on that. Yeah. Steve McQueen and just kind of go back and that whole era of cool cars and racing is very fascinating to me. James Mangold is a very mm-hmm. underrated director, yeah. I feel like. And he had a couple meh and then like, yeah. I think he's found it. I think we're going to in for a Mangold, Mangold. Yeah, his next movie is with Chalamet as yeah. Bob Dylan. So. Yeah, I can't wait. We'll, we'll see he how He just that... signed on for something else too, like this last week that was... Mangold? Let's see. I can't remember what it was. I'm not a huge Bob Dylan guy, but... <laughs> not familiar. Big oh, yeah, The guy. Force with Matt Damon. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. It's yeah. a police movie. Don yeah, Win- it's Winslow. the Don Winslow book. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. Cool. The book's not great. That movie will be great. Did, have you okay. read the Border Trilogy? The Don Winslow? No. He, okay. Uh-uh. I read, that, I read The Force, and I was like, this would be great if I'd never seen The Shield. Okay. Was just, he it was just The Force, the though? In the movie? No. It was oh. a super disappointment. Yeah. I was That's like, a, well... People are going to be let down. Dog. They're going to like, oh, this Matt Damon's in this movie called The Force. we got to go see it. And zero Star Wars at all. <laughs> not one. I yeah. guess it's the Cartel series, not the Border series. But the okay. Border was the last book of the okay. Cartel series. Okay. But yeah, I've heard, I haven't read those, but I've heard they're awesome. Yeah. So it's related to The Shield, the TV show. It's not, but it is. It, it's, it's the New York version of The Shield. Everything that, that the, the main... I assume the Matt Damon character did in that book was like... 8% different than something that Vic Mackey did on The Shield for me. Yeah. And I was just like, that's fine. Like, it wasn't, it was well-written. It wasn't a bad book by any means, but I was just like, everything that kept happening was like, I know the beats of this. This yeah. is, the, I've seen this done better on The Shield. Anyway, sorry. And, okay. And, Matt, and I've said this a hundred times. Matt Damon's great, but he's no Michael Chiklis. <laughs> right. <laughs> Who is? No. This might be my favorite Damon performance ever. Yeah, I love awesome. this performance. Man, he's my favorite actor. So. He was he was really canned on some awards talk this yeah, year. Euro sure. trip maybe, but <laughs> Scotty more. doesn't know. Now, yeah, there's so many of his performances Dogma. I love. <laughs> um, I love love. Yeah. So he, yeah, but it's up there for yeah. sure. I mean, you, you're not wrong. I just yeah. It's hard he's, to he that just personifies I, that. I mean, he's from Boston. He's got that. He's still got a country. I know. He can play that. So he, well, he's, he's so he's, he's so he's, versatile. Yeah, but never in a crazy yeah. like Gary yes. Oldman way. He, yeah. he channels it into the same thing in right. a weird way, but it's always great. It's always natural yeah. and wonderful. Yep, exactly. So that's my number five, and uh, I guess we'll go to moving to your top five, Brian. My five was Once Upon a Time yeah. in Hollywood. Yeah. So, so my five is a documentary. Uh, it was on Netflix this year. I I tried to avoid documentary, but this one was so interesting. And it's it's the movie I talked about the most this year with some friends and. And so I had to make it 
uh, is American Factory. You guys see this? No, I didn't see no, that no, one no, yet. No, no, no. Uh-uh. I'm planning on it before the Oscars. I, I'm kind of like a cinef- like I'm really interested in China and the the kind of dichotomy between our culture and theirs as these two large uh, empires essentially. And so it's really it's in a macro story about this factory, but really those two. It's not even really a happy ending. I mean, it's just kind of a bleak. Hey, that's <laughs> messed up. Do- documentary, but um... happy ending. Come on, <laughs> that was good. Guys. That was fast. Um, that it's was about Robert Kraft. <laughs> no, but it's a really interesting thing about like you know we in America we really value the individual, yeah, and in China they really inv- it, they don't at all, and they value. So it's just right. coming and watching them like come take over this factory and put out incredible product. But, just, and they're like, cool. Well, do you guys respect the union? And they're like, yeah, no, we, there's no idea. Right. We don't have that. Right. Yeah. Um, but it's a really interesting, um, cultural look at, at the two dominant cultures in the world. So yeah, I would highly recommend it. The Obamas, I think produced it in their new Netflix deal. Yeah. But it's, it's really well made and, uh, and smart and cool. So that's my five, it's kind of a weird one, but I, nice. I, I talked about it a ton. So right on. American Factory. So, where do we go now? Top four, I Top think. Four, right, me, my number four? Yeah. Uh, my number four, this is a, my number one for a long time. Anticipated it a lot. And it it was such a great experience. I think it's so technically smart. And it's got that old school. Oh <laughs> <laughs> it's got that old school kind of Spielberg Jaws feel to it. And that's us from Jordan Peele. Yeah. I feel like he's really channeling something special right now. Yeah. And I'm very excited about his next movie. He hasn't revealed what it's going to be yet. He's producing to. stuff right now. He's yeah. got that Pacino series he's producing. Yeah. He's doing an episode of the Twilight Zone that he's going to write. And he's doing that movie. What's it called? Oh. It's coming out this year with the horror movie. It's got one word. I can't Can remember. Annabellum. Is that Annabellum? Yeah. yeah. Annabellum. And, yeah, he's producing that one. Yeah. So He wrote and produced Candyman, too. This is coming here. Uh, oh, the reboot. Ooh, that's, that could be cool. Yeah. Yeah, he's so... Candyman. Candyman. <laughs> it's that guy. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> he comes back to life. Uh, Who can take a sunrise? <laughs> uh, yeah, so Us was one that's it's harder. Crazy movie, it's just, yeah, it's twists and turns. Lupita just one of the bigger snubs of the year for best actor. She literally played two different characters in the movie and had to constantly shift back and forth between them. And it was a very technically tough thing to ask her to do. And she nails that Winston Duke. I am all in on anything he does now. He was great in it. Tim Heidecker. I mentioned him earlier is great. Elizabeth Moss, very stacked cast, fun movie but also a twist that you don't really see coming. And when you do, you're like, why didn't I see that the whole time? Did you see it, Brian? I'm too scary. I did. Okay. Yeah. I liked it. I didn't, it was in my top 20. I had 23. Okay. The year. okay. I didn't think it was as good. So. At, I, I certainly lost something not seeing it in the theater, yeah. but also could sleep. It wasn't as scary as I thought it was. That His, trailer is one of the creepiest yeah. trailers I've, I've ever seen. It was yeah. horrifying. And they always it during the, uh, Super Bowl and stuff, yeah. which is funny. Yeah. yeah. Did you watch that Mulaney special, the new one? Uh-huh. Sack Lunch yeah. Kids or whatever. The, with the, one Sack of the things lunch, talks lunch. about what it scares you in their like, trailers for us <laughs> yes. during yeah. YouTube videos yeah. trying to watch because yeah. yeah. their algorithm's off. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Yeah, I did. I, I saw it. I thought Lupita was the best. The, the, awesome. the, the conclusion for it kind of left me wanting a little bit. 
personally, but I thought Lupita was so great, and I agree with you. She, that's a that should have been a, a lock for for an Oscar. Yeah, nomination. if it comes out in October, I feel like it is. If they put it, if they put it out around Halloween and right around award season, but it yeah, came out like March. Yeah, last that's year. weird. Both of his have. He's yeah. like the king yeah. of springtime horror. Yeah. I guess since Get Out was yeah. still in contention, they figured they they just repeat that with this. But Get Out had so much more political satire in it. Yeah. That it it stuck in people's and stuck in the conversation a little longer, but I thought Us was one of the best horror movies I've ever seen. Yeah, straight up, it's 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 really good. So that's my number four, Brian. My number four is Knives Out, my favorite movie of the year for sure. Uh, One that I will rewatch dozens of times. Uh, Just so much fun. We reviewed. We're gonna we'll have a review out. We've already recorded it. A little inside baseball. We we did a a Clue review that'll be out soon. And I love Clue. I think it's so much fun. And Clue was like, uh, or Knives Out was was the the steroids version uh-huh. of Clue. Like it's just so and it's so much fun. The cast is so great. And Eddie Armas is great. Daniel Craig was great. Chris Evans was great. I mean, I just I I loved that movie. And it was fun to see Ryan Johnson. I was I guess I was relieved in a little bit because uh, in, a, in a way because I I really liked Last Jedi, but you wonder if taking that kind of a beating that he did. If you come out the other side of it, like, and the next movie or two or three just kind of sucks, and you just tell, like, this guy's in a creative funk or whatever. But instead, he just got right back into the studio and made the thing that he wants to make, and and I loved it. I'm, I can't wait for, uh, I'll watch it many more times. I can't wait for the the uh, cinematic universe that apparently will go with it. And, mm. uh, oh, and it was well, a I cannot wait. Total blast, man. We were watching Logan Lucky. And seeing Daniel Craig go out of that shell he's been in, yeah, yeah. No, that totally. sex. I'm sexy Daniel Craig. I'm just yeah. gonna do fun, funny stuff. Yeah, and to be able to channel that energy into something yeah. significant, I loved because I thought that was just a one off. Like, oh, now he's gonna be sexy guy forever, and it, he's still sexy in the movie. I'm not yeah. saying that, but it's just like you never see, never would have expected this from him. Totally, totally, and and to just to take a such a fun movie and a and a fun concept and a real audience pleaser and also make it so sharp mm-hmm. and witty and and Oscar worthy mm-hmm. and all that. What I, I love that. I love when an, I I love the idea that you can I love the idea that Oscar-y type movies can also be a lot of fun. Like a comedy. Be, yeah. yeah. And can be can be audience friendly, not just uh the lighthouse, you know. <laughs> it's a fun like Thing. I, I posted it. <laughs> I, I posted in our Discord. <laughs> in our the midnight uh, run of its time. I think it's the spoilers <laughs> channel of our Discord. I I posted a little tweet that he tweeted out. He tweeted yes. out like the yes, moleskin yes. sheet of the outline he did, and he drew it out. You know, okay, intro, then this beat, and then this beat, and he said this was the only real thing I went off when writing this movie. Yep, it's just a one little sketch of like the of every plot point that he had to hit along the way and it's really mm-hmm. interesting to see how simple it is for some people to just say oh this is what it right. and just sit down and knock it out you know yep. and totally totally original and something that i want to see more out of ryan johnson i'd see another ryan johnson who done it that's for yeah. sure absolutely number four for you richard yeah my number four was a uh was really well regarded i think wins a lot of years i really liked everyone involved i liked the movie I thought it was really interesting and original, and I think it certainly will be on Ken's list. I think upcoming, um, and that's Uncut Gems. Mm. It's my number three. Okay. Yeah, it's my next one. Okay, so, we can just talk about it now. Yeah. Okay. 
yeah, the Zafties are really interesting filmmakers. Sandler's, all, uh, you know, we we're all of the age where we are always going to like Adam Sandler, even if we don't see his bad movies because we just root <laughs> for him. Because uh, that was our guy, and uh, it's fun to see him really. It sucks he didn't get a nomination, but I mean, it's a loaded year, and uh, and he's great in this. And this this movie's just really cool. It's just a cool, fun, fast thriller, kind of a a throwback to a certain era in a weird way, but also really original and innovative. And uh, yeah, I loved it. What about you, Ken? Yeah, it, it's super strong. I feel like I might it might even move up the list as as time goes on, just like Ford versus Ferrari, but. Man, what a what an original thing! Really takes you into to a world that we don't often get to see. These kind of subcultures of society, the betting world, the knockoff jewelry world, Mm -hmm. the crazy Jewish guy in New York who's addicted to Mm -hmm. the thrill of a deal, a deal, and sports and Mm -hmm. all that implies, you know. And they said they they grew up in that, you know. Their dad was was in that. They were grew up going to the Diamond District, you know. So it really was authentically such a cool setting of of New York. And yeah, we talked about that in the episode you and I did again. And like, so much of New York is like, especially Manhattan is theme park New York now. It's not mm-hmm. like, re- and like that area is still like authentic and people that have lived there for generations and so on. And it's. Mm. It's uh, and it's right in freaking Midtown. <laughs> yeah, probably it's next not to like a Red it's Lobster. Far, hard, hard but, to find, right. right? But it's a killer, killer setting for a movie. I thought it was really interesting. I didn't know. I didn't. I mean, I'd heard the Diamond District, New York, mm-hmm. before, but I didn't know what that entailed. And this kind of now, I feel like I'm. A, I really understand it, which is cool. yeah. And the Safdies like are so good at finding the right person for everything. You know, Kevin Garnett of all people yeah. being involved in this is is works really well you know some of the bookies in the movie and some of the diamond guys are actual guys that mm-hmm. do the hats and it mm-hmm. gives it that real yeah like you really feel like this is a documentary in mike, a way. mike francesa you know. <laughs> <laughs> every movie needs i know I, that's was that to me like lion king was offensive in a lot of ways i disagree but not I disagree. Ha- not having mike francesa or yeah. at least mad dog russo in right lion king. that right. was a that was a great <laughs> cameo i felt like for a new york movie you yeah know, no francis in there no it's great he's great and he, he's a bookie and you know yeah and they he only some... fell asleep six times when they were filming <laughs> so. like, but they pieced they edited it right. together the guy who plays the main kind of villain of the movie they just found him and like yeah. they loved his look and his energy and there's like oh you want to be in a movie and he had never acted and all these <laughs> kind of thing you know you know so the safeties are great great reality show <laughs> uh i might have just made a million dollars so we could <laughs> For all of us. Tell people are going to be in a movie and it's, it's a, fake. It's two people in an escape room. Uh-huh. And they have to figure out all this technology and stuff and get out. We put cameras everywhere. And it's Mike Francesa and Rudy Giuliani. Oh, man. <laughs> we just sell it pay-per-view? Yeah. What, what Live price, stream it? <laughs> at what price would you not watch that? Ten grand? I mean, how much was the, the uh, Conor McGregor fight? Right. So triple that maybe <laughs> I don't know. People, <laughs> just, I would pay. They have to communicate and like figure out. Gosh, cell phones and that would kill at every bar <laughs> in the north. Uh, don't tell they, them they're in an escape room. Yeah. They're just a normal. Gosh, how do we get man. out of here? Wait, and it's like a real right puzzle. And, and when they yeah. when they push the buzzer to talk to somebody, it's all speaker. It's Larry King at the buzz <laughs> at the desk. Larry King is trying to. Larry King's yelling at an intern to tell them what to what yeah. to do. Oh my gosh, this would be. Let's a- go to Rudy in Hoboken. Yeah. <laughs> oh uh, yeah. 
I love Larry King. So I, do you, too. Yeah, so I do too. I do too. I just think it would be amazing to add the technology no, element, knowing what we know about his, his tweeting and, and how he... If you, we should fill people in. Larry King's King King's has an assistant, and he calls and leaves him voicemails, and then yeah. they tweet what he says. It's perfect. I thought he did sticky notes or something. No, it's a voicemail system, right? Oh, I yeah, thought I it was like voicemail. he gives a guy a sticky note, no, and no, then he... I don't think Larry writes. No. I think it's all Larry talks. Yeah, he pecks like an owl. Larry uh, King, he looks like an owl. Uh, number you're up, Brian. Number three for me is is okay. One, two, three, tough. Like yeah. I had a really difficult time. I haven't seen changed it. a bunch of times. Um, judging uh, best, favorite, rewatchability, right. lack of rewatchability, just just quality content. I think these three movies. I didn't go back and look at all of my my lists since we've been doing this show, but I would wager that short of. 2015 with Star Wars and Creed, I would I would guess that these three movies would probably be the top three in almost every year for me, cool. uh, personally. So this is a movie that I think probably should win Best Picture, but it's really difficult for me to uh, to say that it's better than, than the other two, but but it, it is the one that I'm probably going to rewatch the least. I was blown away by Parasite. I can't believe um, how tight and great we just reviewed it so you can go back and listen to our review uh, but that's my number three of the year and uh the the acting in it is superb the ability to make th- that whole the whole situation so darkly humorous and funny throughout up until the last 15 or 20 minutes yep. is is uh phenomenal and then to have to hit that ending like a hammer mm-hmm. um is just it was a like I said on our review, I, I thought that was a very good movie that in the last twenty minutes became a great movie, and uh, and and I I loved it. I'm not gonna rewatch it a ton. I don't rewatch not just because of the language thing, mm-hmm. but but I don't rewatch. I love the Coen Brothers. I don't rewatch Coen Brothers movies right. too often, except for uh, Inside Lewin Davis. That's really the only one that is kind of not a Lebowski guy. Me. I love Lebowski, but I don't know. I, I, that's, I don't know that's why the I don't. One for me. It, it should be, but it. it I don't know. Anyway, um, so I don't re- I don't rewatch that kind of movie too often. But yeah. So that that dropped it a, a peg or two. But if I'm picking best, I think it probably would win out for for the year. Nice. But great great film, great film that I I am super glad people are are getting a chance to to see, including me, because I'm one of those people that doesn't see very many subtitled films mm-hmm. every year. And uh, it, this was just yeah. superb in every way. It sucks you had to cancel your clans meeting, but I know, you do but what you look, do. we're evolving as a people. <laughs> uh, I'll go. My number three is uh, Goldfinch. No, uh, <laughs> <laughs> my, uh, my number three, this was tough. Cause this at one point was like number one and then it got moved. And uh, blah, blah, blah. Uh, my number three is little women. Yeah. Loved it. Brian, and I did an episode on it. Um, it was it was <laughs> kids over there. Kids watching Seinfeld. No, I'm not. <laughs> trying to do trying to do a bit. It didn't work. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> Kent looks up mischievously from his phone. Yeah. Um. Yeah. Little Women was was excellent. Greta Gerwig has become my favorite uh, f- kind of consistent filmmaker. I mean, she only made two movies totally, but she's just awesome, and I love her sensibility. And this is a pretty high degree of difficulty, at least to make something out of this that I would like as like a uh-huh. dumb white guy in his 30s. Yeah. And I love this movie. I thought every performance was awesome. I love the pacing. I love the decisions about how to, you know, the screenplay. I thought it was so smart. Loved it. Could not have loved it more. Nice. What number are we on? Two? Two. Yep. Dose. Oh, wow. 
So this is a movie that really was interesting to me because it was so weird. And something that I, I didn't really expect to see this year. And you don't see movies like this too often. And so it's not for everybody. I totally realize that. But it, it was for me. And it, it probably stuck with me longer than any movie this year. In terms of like months later, I was still thinking about it. It's just Midsummer from Ari Aster. Uh, yeah. It's so different. Horror movies set in the daytime are already creepy. And then you add this magical psychedelic element of they're going on this spiritual journey through Europe and they take mushrooms and they don't ever know what's reality and what's not reality. And it's Stanley Kubrick in 2019, mm -hmm. really. I mean, you, you just don't see filmmaking technique like this anymore, especially from somebody that's as young and has as much potential as Ari Aster. He truly gets it. His camera work is unlike anything you'll see his music, his writing, his authenticity of his writing. Cause he, he kind of writes it. He writes all his stuff himself, but he, it comes from a place of experience for him. Mm -hmm. So he was going through a breakup during this and it comes across in the character of Danny, who's Florence Pugh. And he kind of works through that. And so the, the original cut of this movie, he said, was like four hours long. Gosh. And they whittled it down to like two and a half. But I guess A24 released this. And he said they were great without, with all of it. They're like, yeah, go for it, whatever. But he said the four-hour version is a better movie. Hmm. Because you understand why she wants to get away from this guy and like who he is. And there's so much more context to it all. But if he ever decides to release the director's cut, I'm all in for that. It's just such a weird thing and definitely visceral in almost every capacity. Like if you can't stand dead bodies and things like that, a realistic interpretations of that, then don't see this movie. But it was just such a different thing that, you know, I, I think probably, Ford versus Ferrari, I'm going to watch more times, sure, right? Sure. But it's lower on the list just because Midsummer was such a unique thing and was done very well. But, you know, introduced me to Florence Pugh officially, too, mm. and which is not a bad thing. But Ari Aster, another guy Can like the Safties and like Chazelle, we've talked about. Yeah, that next generation. This next generation, man. And I feel like those guys are it. They're they're the young. Mario Heller, too. The people mm -hmm. that we're going to be talking about in 20 Greta. years. Yeah, Greta. They, they've arrived. You know, we talked two, two years ago. It's like, we're where cool. are they? I'm tired of seeing a Scorsese movie. You say? I'm tired of waiting on Tarantino to make a good movie in West yeah. End. And all these people that have been around for 20 years. No, it's more fun. I want something new. I want this new this new totally. wave of, of young filmmakers to show themselves. Uwe, Uwe Boll Jr. <laughs> Son. Who's great. No, he's great. He is. Yeah, he's actually. And, <laughs> yeah, so Ari Aster is, I'm all in for him. Go back and watch his short films, too, because they're great. There's one called Munchausen that's like a silent short <laughs> film that is, it's, whew, it's, it's crazy. So, definitely go see Midsummer, rent it, whatever you can. And it's unlike anything I've ever seen. So it was number one for a long time, but made my official list number two. Nice. Brian, where are you? I just flip-flopped these two because I, oh, I, the man. more I'm thinking about it, the yeah. more I, I flip. So I'm, I'm going to go uh, – the movie that I'm for, 
it will be in contention with Knives Out for the movie that I will rewatch the most times. It felt like the movie, you know, you see movies and you're just like, yeah, that was made for me. That's great. That's 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 going to be something that that I'm going to have on the background a dozen times uh, over the next month, if not <laughs> sooner. Uh, and that's Ford versus Ferrari. I just I I loved I loved that film. That movie was so much better than it had any mm-hmm. right to be. It just seems that that's the type of movie that. Um, any director pretty much could walk in mm-hmm. and crap out a B right. or a B plus type movie based on that source material with that cast. You can just say, oh, it's fine. It, this will be fine. Uh, washed white dudes like me will go see it and it will be, it will make a huge hit. It was and, the dad uh, movie of the year. Yeah, it was. It was the dad movie yeah. of the year. Um, with that cast and that story, you you can make you can make uh, 150 million dollars uh, and and get a B movie. And instead, Mangold came in and just crushed it and made so many great, dramatic, mm-hmm. ambitious choices. The scenes and the cinematography is incredible, and the the way that it's shot, I lo- I love. And then those two those two performances are just out of this world. So um, that will be. Uh, th- this year, I was sitting down to make a list for my my top. I usually do a list of top ten performances that I put on the blog that I'll hopefully have out before this uh, episode drops. But I, this year, when I went to make that list, I was like, "There's way too many pairs that I don't feel like I can separate." Right. Um, I thought Craig and and Diarmas in Knives Out and Pitt and DiCaprio. Right. And these and 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 uh, and Bale and Damon, it's it's it's, like it's when, impossible to just say D- Bale was great without also saying, but but Damon, uh, like their chemistry is a huge part of that. That's why you only watch doubles tennis. Exactly, I've never seen a singles match of tennis. Yeah, um, same with table tennis. Or you wake up at pickleball. Uh, <laughs> you wake up at <laughs> two a.m. to watch yeah. the mixed doubles finals mm-hmm. at Wimbledon, right? Exclusively, and then yeah. I turn it off. And, and, you, then, and trust me, those channels yeah. you don't want to know what else. No, is no, yeah. it's a there's a lot of girls no, going totally wild right ads and stuff. <laughs> and <laughs> got them. Um, yeah, it's, 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 I, I love. Yeah, I, right. I just love this movie, and I that scene where he's walking the track with his son, and yeah. the, the the backdrop of that is just so beautiful. I'm for sure gonna watch this thousands of times. Yeah, me too. And uh, and I will look forward to it every every single time. In addition to the fact that it is just a really, really incredibly well made film. Yep. So number totally. two for me. All right, number two for me. So that's right. I haven't done my two. I thought I thought we were done with the favorite of the year. So number two for me is I got two. I got two, <laughs> two popes. Um, <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, I love Two Popes. I found that I'm not someone who's easily moved. You guys know this about me. Yeah, you don't like to emote. I don't like to emote. This movie really moved me. I just thought it had really important things to say and wasn't like preachy about it. I thought it was gorgeously shot. It's hard not. I mean, if you're shooting in the right. Vatican, it's, right. I mean, you kind of point a camera anywhere, but but inventively done in the garden scenes and the chapel scenes. Have you guys seen it yet? I, I did, not, yeah. I have not. Yeah. No, no, um, not yet. Uh, what, did you like it, Brian? I know I to make your good. top 10, yeah. It was in my top, you know. 40 yeah. or whatever. Yeah. I got a little dragged by the not Price and Hopkins yeah. stuff. So that was me. I thought that actor was good, but yeah. you're right. that It does slow there. But man, Price, another duo. Mm-hmm. Yeah. They're totally. awesome together. And it was like, I love Anthony Hopkins. Not always reliable. He does some yes. bad movies. But yeah. it's, you know, he's up there. It's kind of like, all right, this might be the last really great thing he does. Sure. And Price is, is a little more in his prime, but... I just thought they were great, and it's a cool story, and it's probably not true at all, but I, it, you know, they make that clear, and it's just kind of this meditative thing. I don't know why. I just found it, I, what it says about not just spirituality, but also just humanity, 
um, and the conflicts we all have and, um, you know, how the, the power of forgiveness, the power of, you know, not letting mistakes define mm-hmm. you and stuff mm-hmm. like that. I thought it was really, really yeah, beautiful in that way. I found it really moving. So yeah, I, I, I assign it to all, even if you're not Catholic or Christian or right, whatever, right. I mean, I think yeah. you'll learn something. It's not really a religious movie. It's more just a movie about being human. Sure. Ironically. Yeah, yeah, totally. Best totally. end credit scene of the year. Best end credit scene of the year. It is beautiful, beautiful film yeah. throughout. And we were talking about it too, because it's it's funny with me with, with Hopkins to me that like he made a couple of bad movies and people were like just moved on. Yeah. And you're like, I mean, he's like ninety and he's yeah. a knight. So yeah. probably it's okay if he kind of Yeah. If he wants to make bad company with Chris with Rock. Transformers yeah. or something. Like yeah. that's not the end of the world. Sure. But yeah, he's they're both fantastic. Yeah, it's awesome. Yeah. So yeah, I can't wait for for it's another subtitle yeah. heavy movie. But Three Popes is gonna crush. Three Popes is crushed. Oh it's, man. It's um <laughs> it's uh it's Price, Anthony Hopkins, and Ted McGinley. Oh, yeah. now we're talking. <laughs> they bring him in. Three Popes, Three Furious, you know? like <laughs> I'm also pup. I'm excited for Three Popes and a Baby. <laughs> Two what Popes, One it? Cup. <laughs> oh. <laughs> I don't have any more jokes yeah. after that. Yeah, one. we're done. Remember the cup, when can't you the see cup, yell at the, us for making jokes? The, the, the cup, cup, the bread. Oh, I meant to yeah. say that. The cup, as mm. he, he played like yeah. 30 different chalices the, in yeah, this he, movie. The makeup work. On the cup, uh, yeah, with the ornate jewels and stuff. When he became, Jeez. when he became the different yeah. communion chalices and stuff. Yeah. Uh, Speaking of the cup, we're gonna have our Mammy Awards. Mm-hmm. Yeah, uh, on the VIP feed, where we'll we'll, we'll bring. Well, you know how the Academy Awards has the Oscar statue. Mm-hmm. Well, ours has the cup statue, mm-hmm. so they get a golden <laughs> cup for each Mammy winner. So if you want to hear that episode, it'll be on the VIP feed. We'll give out some uh, awards for. 2019. All right. Number one. Number one. Let's get it. My number one, oh, man, every time I, I just kept revisiting it and loving it even more. It's Parasite. Um, just such an interesting, different movie. Yeah. Masterpiece on yeah. every level of it. And I've met friends. I've introduced friends to it. And they're like, man, what an incredible yeah. thing, you know? And I, it's... I can't say anything bad about it. We did it. We did it a full episode. Where I talked extensively about Parasite, mm-hmm. but I, I can't think anything negative to say about it. To no. be quite honest with you, and with every other movie, I can. So that's really what determined it. And on the rewatch, it was just as good, if not better, the mm-hmm. second time and third time. And so it'll be one that I probably revisit again multiple times. And so interesting on so many levels. Beautiful. Funny, sad, throwing, yeah, dramatic, great production design, great cinematography, wonderfully written, wonderfully acted. That one of the best directed movies I've ever seen as well. So, mm-hmm. Parasite number one, nice. Uh, yeah, I think that's the best movie of the year, or mm. not the best movie of the year by like, uh, you know, point one. A small, yeah. you know? small margin. I mean, it, it's 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 just it's so good. My number one is Little Women. Um, yeah. which is a just complete, total, never in a million years would I have guessed that that would be my number one movie at the end of the year because yeah. I, I've seen I've seen the versions of it. I've read the book. I hate, I, I've never cared for for that uh, that story. And, but I do love Greta and I, and I do, I love, I love this cast. Although when it was shot, I didn't know that I would love mm-hmm. some of, some of this guy. I knew I'd love Sir, uh, Saoirse, but um, 
you know, Florence Pugh, I've never mm-hmm. really seen in a movie until this year, and she's in 12 movies. Yeah. So, <laughs> Decent um, year for her. Yeah, pretty pretty good solid year for her. But yeah, I, I, I was in Little Women about uh, maybe a little more than halfway in, and I texted Richard, yeah, and I was like, I is is this the best movie like, of the yeah. year? <laughs> like, is this, told you, what's happening right you. now? Like, I just, mm-hmm. I, 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 I thought the, that the cast is, is impeccable mm-hmm. and every, and every single, every single actor, just incredible, um, actor, actors, all of them did an incredible it's, job. It's the thing of, of, you know, sometimes it's hard to define direction. Yeah. Uh-huh. But if, yeah. if, if direction is decision making, yes, every decision every she made decision. was perfect. She marked Across, every single, and yeah. I, I love, I love the framing of the story and the telling it non-sequentially and, uh, and then just putting all of these wonderful actresses and, and, and supporting actors around mm-hmm. them and just yeah. going. And it, I, I would never have imagined that I, and I've had so many people over the last, uh, you know, I, we talked before, I try to avoid talking about movies with people because yeah, it's the it's, worst. It's uncomfortable. But I've, I've so many people, Hey, what was the best movie of the year? Or, or Hey, I was thinking about my wife's trying to drag me to see little women. Was it, it will I survive? You know, is it tolerable? Will yeah. I survive? And Every single one, I've been like, I, I really think it's this is the best movie. Like, it's my yeah. favorite movie of the year. And yeah. they're like, what? I'm like, yeah. I know it's weird to me too. Yeah. I did but not also like that. beer and sports. <laughs> yeah, and then yeah. you spike a football. Real big on baseball. <laughs> uh, but no, I, I just, Greta. It officially <laughs> moved her to a place where I. It's it's okay. Season two. Whatever you yeah. want to do, I am in. I'm in. Uh, I'm in from from here to to yep. eternity. Uh, just a fantastic movie, and I I guess I've turned into. Little Women, Brian didn't didn't know that didn't see. That well, we coming. called you that anyway. I know, but for other things. Uh, <laughs> but now, now that's where I'm at. So number one for me, Little Women. Uh, awesome, great year. You this finish is, this, dude. Yeah, movie. So oh, man, Little Women was my number one. I don't so know I what guess. your number one is here now. I'm 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 so Joker. A, kind probably, of a, yeah. Dang, Brian, you got me. <laughs> um, first off, I love art. Mm-hmm. I'm a well-known connoisseur, really, of art. No. Yeah. Um, yeah, this movie, I it couldn't get out of my head. It's it's like flawed in really interesting ways, but it, we talked about it. I loved it. I just enjoyed watching it more than any movie this year. It's obviously impeccably made, impeccably acted and all that, but mine's The Irishman. Oh, okay. Mm. So my number one, I had Little Women there. I, I, for some reason, like, I knew Two Popes was my second, and I couldn't decide between first and third. I, I, I get that. Isn't that weird in yeah, a, in a weird way? Sometimes. Yeah, Um so it I couldn't. So it could be different tomorrow. But right now, Irishman um, is yeah. Is, I mean, is everything we we did an episode on a lot of things have been said as a big release this year. But I just found it really interesting. Even the weird parts. Some of the CGI didn't work for me. But in f- terms of like what it means and how nuanced it is, and its rewatchability, I've watched it now two or three times. Like kind of backgroundy, and it's really good. Mm. So I could regret it. I now I kind of want to put Little Woman one, Women one that you did, but that's okay. <laughs> I've had the I had opposite. Lady Bird one. Okay, yeah, a totally. Years ago, so I yeah, that was my favorite of that year. Yeah, I Lady had the Bird. opposite experience with Irishman. I think the further I've got, and I haven't rewatched it, but the further I've gotten away from it, I didn't love it when you guys were much higher on it yeah. when we did it. So I had a you know, uh, but I've I've gotten to a place where I'm like I don't I, I don't I, there's nothing that I remembered about it that I really really dug. I guess yeah. so. It's oh, just I'm it's faded like a little bit for me, but um. But I'm glad it's been it's represented because yeah. it's that's you know, how a lot of Scorsese is for me. We 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 just talked Shutter Island on the VIP yeah. feed, and you don't I don't think about it a lot. Mm-hmm. But when we were watching it, it's a good point. I was like, "Gosh, this is good," yeah. you know. And that's how I felt with the Irishman. Yeah, it, it was it was my top fifteen, but 
I just like, man, this is so well written. De Niro, Pesci, and Pacino are all at the very tip top of their game. I mean, just absolutely slaying so awesome. it. Yeah, Pesci was I great. thought De Niro, De Niro was, great. was great, and he was the one, the big shutout of the I awards. Know. I, I thought, thought he was better than Pacino. He was incredible. 100%, yeah. And, man, Ray Romano in it. Right. J- Jesse Plemons, like, yeah. Killer great guy. cast. And I just think the screenplay was it should be best adapted. I I think yeah I think it I think it's got a good shot at it right. I, I think know. it should because it was just the narration, the whole fitting the style of Scorsese and letting him do what he does at, and do it at a high level. Not to mention the the de aging, which I said on the episode. I don't know. Little I women it was could great. win too. Little women could have been adapted too. That's a tough category. Yeah, too. could yeah. yeah, but. Oscar so, Oscar's so male, though, so it's not going to happen. That's true. Thank God we're still holding on to the Oscars. We've lost everything else, guys. We were right. talking about this at the meeting. Just dig in, guys. Dig we, in. When we were at the white guy meeting, we were like, <laughs> guys, what are we going to do? Yeah, it's literally named after a white guy. It's named Oscar. So. Well, yeah, we're losing guys, you know, victimized by me, right. too, mm-hmm. by the second. Right. <laughs> yeah, this was, a, this was an egregious lines. year of, of Lulu Wang and Greta bad, not being man. included. That's br- I mean, it's, it's brutal. It's a killer year. I mean, I, if someone had to be... At, and any, what's her name from Beautiful Day? Mariella. Yeah, Mariella. Yeah, she is... Ooh, man, that was great direction. I know. It's yeah. just... It's, it was... That it was, was our... When we talked about it with on the Oscar episode with Megan, mm-hmm. of, it's, it's not that... It's not... It's a little bit that Greta, but it's not necessarily that it's that Greta got left. It's not that Lulu Wayne got left out. It's not that Mariel Heller got left out. It's that you had three... Great movies directed Todd by Phillips, three though. great Todd women, Phillips. and none of them got yeah, but Todd in. So that we can yeah. we can yeah. But, have Todd but Brian, in, but you know Todd Phillips, but Todd Phillips, he's Todd Phillips, he's Starsky and Hutch's Todd Phillips. <laughs> yeah, and Don't. that wasn't believe it or not. Yeah. I, I did some research. That wasn't nominated, so ah. they owed him. Oh what a, yeah, yeah, that's probably retroactive. Yeah. What about Project X? Did he get was that <laughs> for the Producers Guild at least? <laughs> right, Roderick's best work since Project X. Have you seen that blooper? Have you seen that? No, no. It's from uh, the Amy Schumer movie. I never remember the name of it. The Trainwreck. Good, Trainwreck. Trainwreck. Yeah, good movie. Okay, yeah. And yeah. there's the a only, She's on like ten movies. Like the only one. Well, know. yeah. Trainwreck. Uh, and there, it's a Hater and uh, LeBron and uh-huh. Marv Albert. They're sitting there, and Apatow's <laughs> doing the Adam McKay thing where he's like yelling jokes for oh, okay. Marv Albert to say. And Matthew Broderick's up there, <laughs> and. He goes, and he yells at Marv Albert saying, Marv Albert goes, Broderick's best work since Project X. And Broderick goes, hey. Like, he's actually, and Hater laughs so hard. It's a great Marv movie. Albert is an oh, American yeah. treasure. Yeah, well. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Some, some I do. I mean, he's the GOAT. Yeah. I'm a Team Kevin Harlan guy now, though. Yeah. Oh, yes. yeah oh man. Yeah. Best. Best. When did, Kevin Harlan calling the cat on the field <laughs> yeah. ball at, in New York is, yeah. now he's in the Bank of America in zone. <laughs> he, like, yeah. he, like, throws all the sponsors out there right. and everything. Did oh, you guys know glorious. this when the, sorry, when the, uh, we can talk about it out there. What's in the episode? Yeah. So, so not relevant. You guys won't miss it. There anymore. we go. Yeah. Join the VIP if you want more banter talk, because we'll, we'll get into that. Yeah. Later. So. That was best and worst of the year, man. A lot of great films. I think if any movie in my top 15 wins anything, I'll be like, oh, great, cool. Yeah, yeah. wonderful. Year. Yeah, great same. year. Dude, it's hard can't, to, can't argue. I'm mad about a few nominations, but I don't think I'll be mad if any of this stuff wins any category yeah. other than Joker will make me mad. But yeah. everything else, I'm like, cool, that worked. There you go. So that's the best and worst of the year. Hopefully ranted and raved enough for you, the listener. If you want more from us, though, we've got a lot of episodes. We're rounding out to our 600th episode in which we will be Oof. discussing our best 
favorite, I should say. Yeah, favorite, favorite movies of the decade. Very key. Yeah. 2010 to now. So stay tuned for that in the next couple weeks. That'll be on the main feed. Yeah. But we got VIP stuff coming out. We got a traffic episode. Brian mentioned Clue. We got a lot of fun stuff headed over there. And an AMA coming right around the corner as well. And so madaboutmoviespodcast.com slash VIP for an average of $1 a week. $1 Or $4 a, week. a month. Like one, yeah. one caramel macchiato I mean, to be fair, you can send us any amount of money over $4 a month. We will yes. take it. Yes. It's just, yes. yeah. The minimum sure. is, is $4. <laughs> right. For $1 a week to get at least another episode, if sometimes two or three on that, on that yeah. feed. And then access to the Discord, of course. And a huge feature. A lot of, lot of fun stuff yeah. happening. So stay tuned for that. Thank you for listening. If you want to find us online, madaboutmoviespodcast.com. Brian's Beagle 12 on Twitter. Richard's at Richard Barden. I'm at Kent Garrison. Thank you for listening. If you like our show, please leave us five stars on your podcast platform. And until next year. (laughs) Uh, Sort of. We'll see you at the cinema. (laughs) Bye. Bye. Baby, I hear the blues are calling. Toss salads and scrambled eggs. And maybe I seem a bit confused. Yeah, maybe. But I got you pegged. But I don't know what to do with those tossed salads and scrambled eggs. They're calling again. Scrambled eggs all over my face. They're making me ya ya. Tossed salads and scrambled eggs. They're calling again.